Good morning, Izzy Kempi for Breakfast, SCNZ. Welcome into our show on Thursday morning. We appreciate you all tuning in throughout the day and hopefully we'll do our best to cover off all the How's Daddy da- How's Daddy Day topics. week going, brother? <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Wow. I can tell. You can tell has it been good? It's been great. It's been great for you, eh? It has been great. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah, text. You growing a beard? No, no, I just haven't had a shave yet, Kempi. Um... <laughs> Oh, it's full noise, but it's been quite good. I haven't had an opportunity at all, really, to spend a little bit of time with the kids by myself. And just been flat out. It's been good. It's been flat out, but it's been, I don't know, heartwarming, really. It's, yeah. it's been enjoyable and, um, you know, just, just spending a bit of time in, in Auckland and being able to get them up in the big bright lights. Do you remember when you were a kid, like, school holidays were, like, the best time? You're coming up to school holidays, well, mate, Probably for me, because I used to hate school. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You used to always know that school holidays were coming up because you were always going away on a trip. Mm. You know, like your old man throw you in the car with a... With the trailer and the and the snorkel and goggle, you go diving up north all you know for the whole two weeks and um, build memories, man. That's that's what it's all about, eh? That's what it's about. What's your best memory? What's your best memory Uh, as a kid? Look, uh, in the holidays, um, you know, because mum and dad worked, and so it was it was just making our own memories. Mm. I remember going down the river, making hearts, and then just spending the whole day down there, and then, you know, going back and sleeping down in the river with the brothers for the night, and then have getting ever, skied, and then running home. <laughs> have I ever told you that story where I got caught for swimming? Have I ever told you that one? No. I got the story. I got the story. I start off with one. Anyway, this is about holidays. And um, the same thing, my, my mum and dad were at work and I decided we'd go and swimming. Mm-hmm. You know, so all the kids are going swimming. You stand on this waterhole up in Onarahi. You know, and you've got to go, if you think about it, you walk down this hill, it's the end of a cul-de-sac and you walk into the bush. And when you go through the bush and then those big um, conduits that go through the air across ravines and they've got like wire up it so you can't climb on it. With So you walk across that, mm-hmm. get, get over these two things, get across that, go down through the bush into this beautiful waterhole you get down there and there's about 20 kids there all day all day forgot about the parents you know <laughs> and I get I'm going right it's afternoon you get home and I'm walking up the road and my auntie goes past in the car she goes oh boy yeah, you're, you're in trouble, trouble. <laughs> my hair was wet because I used to have long hair right down to the back of my back down down my back to my bum and it was wet and I'm singing songs and looks and goes woohoo boy you wait till your dad sees you like this Mate, I was six. Hey, I was, hey, six. was six. Gone all day. Oh, that's mate. what it used to be like. That's what it used to be like, Kempi. You did right. You did right. Like um, these days, you wouldn't allow the kids to go anywhere without <laughs> you go to dairy. without you having any eyesight on them. But I remember exactly the same. We were all the kids, and we were in Fraser Um, That's where we used to live. And my brothers and, and myself were like, "Should we go to the? Should we go to the river, Fraser River? Because there was a big swing there, mm. and you swing across the river and you jump in and." The tough thing was, was the, uh, the the swing was on the other side of the river, and I think I was seven. I think I was seven or eight. Yeah, something like that. My Had brothers swimming lessons too, eh? No, nah, I never swam ever. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we get to the river, and my brothers, you know, sad guys, you stay here, you stay here, and we're gonna go over and, and have a swing and, and blah blah. And I was like, oh please, 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 no, 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 you stay here, you stay here. Anyway, they go swimming across the river. Then apparently my brother looks behind me and I'm in there bobbling in the water going bop, 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 and he's like what the heck so he comes and grabs me puts me on his back and we just make it 
and we just make it. We get to the other side, and he reckons he was on the bottom of the river. Just, you know how you watch those videos of people running, and I'm on his shoulders, like, happy ears. I've got the ear up top, and he's underneath going, <laughs> just holding his breath. <laughs> and we get across, and we swing all day, and then all of a sudden we've got to get back. Um, but those are the days, Kempi, <laughs> when you go to the river, and you just abs- cause absolute chaos. You tell no one what you're doing, and uh, you put a bit of heartache and stress into your parents. But uh, these days, there's none of that. And the kids haven't done that at all. Just a little bit of answering back, you know, Tilly. Yeah. Um, you know, come dad. Come dad. No. Come dad. <laughs> Get over here, dad. Like, just really bossing me around. But yeah, um, good on you. Been creating cool memories, Kempi. It's been awesome. What was the highlight? Well, today I'm going to take them up to Sky Tower. Nice. Going to take them up to yep, Sky you Tower. You said that yesterday. Yep. Yeah. So take them up we've driven past a few times they're like oh that's high I said yeah should we go up and jump off and they're like oh no <laughs> so we're just gonna do that do the family things and it's um it's been a cool week really yeah. enjoyed it and that's now it's awesome. great having you back in the studio back in, back in the back in the I've hot seat you, mate and oh, let's be honest are you on dial up up in Kitty Kitty yeah, it's too <laughs> mate how bad was that in last hour <laughs> yesterday seriously <laughs> I, I said that to Jay driving back I went ooh the last hour wasn't too good <laughs> I said I was kept chopping into them and you know all of a sudden it's you know turned my screen off and Kez turned my turned my voice off um well, it's it, it's a little bit shaky in Kitty Kitty mm. Kids. Like at six o'clock, it was perfect for two hours, and then you know what happens in Kitty Kitty. Everyone gets up, mm. and everyone's on the internet. And you know, Elon Musk. I think eh? they only got only thing they got internet last year up there. So, <laughs> so it's pretty chocker. So when you log in, it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ding, 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 dial up. Yeah. Ah, all right. We'll sort that out, Kempi. But double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven is the phone line if you want to have your say. Throughout the morning, we have Nigel Walsh, the South Canterbury head coach. He's coming on after 7 o'clock. we got Laura McGoldrick because the ODI World Cup taking place in India tonight. The Black Caps take on England at around 9.30. So we'll have a catch-up about that. And we've got Chris Marsoy. Uh, the former loose forward for the All Blacks. He's played over. He's played over in France. He's played here in New Zealand. The great Chris Marsoy. Would you, would you say he's a Taranaki boy? Yeah, nah. Nah, he is, because his wife, um, obviously his, his wife's Married family. Married the mayor's daughter. The mayor's daughter, they own the Devon Hotel and, and everything like that, so he's done well. He's done well. But yesterday it was funny, I was driving after work and I was sitting at the lights and then all I hear is this, Oos! I'm like, oh, I look over, it's Chris Marsoy next to me at the lights. And uh, so what do I do? Get him on our show. There you go. <laughs> Just getting him on, he's going to come on and talk uh, all backs, talk about what he's up to. Post career, uh, get an understanding of of what he's getting himself into. So that is a big show throughout the day. But Kez, we're gonna start with this. Round one, fight. Yeah, boys, triple threat. Atamaria, good morning. Uh, overnight, well, not overnight. Sorry, yesterday, unfortunately, we lost a Kiwi sporting legend, one of the truly great ones, and and can't say that with you know enough respect towards the great man. I am talking about Jason Wynyard. Unfortunately, uh, he's got diagnosed last year with Burkitt lymphoma, an aggressive form of cancer, and unfortunately, at the age of 49, way too young, Jason Wynyard has passed away, the nine-time world champion. Mm. I know uh, he's he's impacted all of us, boys. We know um, we've had Jason on the station uh, quite a few times over the uh, two and a half years that we've been around in existence, and yeah, just just can't say enough good things about him, boys. Yeah, moi mai rā, e te rangatira or Jason Winyard. Um, yeah, mate, I, I got to meet Jason at a Māori Sports Awards once and, and just such a humble man. 
Um, and I think, you know, when you look at the context of how many world championships he won, he was he was great on the world stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but right up until he passed away, just the humility that the man had um, and just dealing with such a such a, a tragic diagnosis. Um, there's a lot of lot of people today. I I saw that news come out yesterday. It was uh, I took a time a moment, um, you know, just to to spend some time thinking about Jason. And I uh, just send out all our our love and aroha to the Fano the Fano Pani, um, who are dealing with uh, Jason Jason at the moment. And um, I'm pretty sure every one of us have got great memories of that man. We live long and inside our inside our thoughts. And I want to talk about those memories, Kempi. Like, rest in peace, Jason, and thank you for your service. He was uh, recognised in 27 for the New Zealand Order of Merit and uh, 265 career titles as well. So he's he's very successful in his chosen sport and uh, obviously a real whānau man. His, his partner Sharon, his tamariki, his kids. Um, Ty obviously playing for, for New Zealand basketball, doing great things in the basketball world. Um, but the memories is, is what I want to hold because I remember... Always, when I used to go to the A&P show, and when you go to the A&P show, as a young kid, what is the first thing you see? You see the wood chopping. Yeah. You see the axes, the chainsaws, and you just stand there in awe of the appreciation for what these athletes do. And um, I will never forget those memories. I never personally got to meet Jason, um, but I was a huge admirer for for what he was able to do. And, And just as a young kid... Thank you for, for the memories that uh, you created, particularly around the country at all these shows and uh, standing there, this young little Izzy, watching uh, you and your, your fellow fellow athletes go at it. And uh, it was a, a pretty special time and unique time. And I just want to talk about that because I always love going to the AMP show and every other kid will probably be, I want a hot dog, I want to go jump on the Super Loop or go jump on all the major attractions. But for me... Just used to go stand there for hours and uh, watch it unfold. So Jason Winyard and all his whānau, uh, we we salute you and thank you so much for for your service and uh, love and aroha and strength to all his extended members. Rest in peace, brother. Hmm. Round two. Uh, yes, Siri, you can help me with triple threat round two. Dagger, laptop, mute, please. Uh, yeah, moi mai ra, Jason. Uh, a true sport and great. Will will go down as, as one of our greatest athletes of all time. You mentioned there, uh, Dagger, he's, he's won more titles. And, you know, I've had days on the planet Earth. He's just an insane athlete. And, and we'll all appreciate what he's done for not only the country, but uh, all around the world in the wood chopping world. Right, boys, the, the Kiwi squad came out yesterday. Kempe, uh, I know, Jeepers, if, if today was an off-the-back fence, we might have to have a three-hour special. Uh, there's so much to dive into uh, with this team. But just starting with you, Kempe, initial thoughts on the Kiwi squad for the Pacific Championship. And do you want to read it out for the listeners as yeah, well? Yeah, look, I'll, I'll read out the team first. It's uh, Nelson Osifa, Solomon, Dylan Brown. It's all, all in alphabetical order. Obviously, Faumonu Brown. Um, I'll... I'll say the name where they where they are to a a kids because a few of these people probably don't know who these kids are. So Nelson Asifa Solomon from the Storm, Dylan Brown from the Eels, Fomonu Brown played hooker at Canterbury. Now with the Knights, James Fisher Harris, obviously the Penrith uh, number eight, Kieran Foran from the Titans, Wudamu Greg from the Eels is on debut. Uh, Jerome Hughes from the Storm, Jermaine Osako from the Dolphins, Keanu Kinney, I know his father from the Titans, um, young kid from Auckland, Moses Liotta from Panthers. 
Danny Levi from the Raiders hasn't played all year. Joseph Manu from the Roosters with Ronaldo Malutalo from the Sharks. Griffin Neem, the big redhead from the West Coast up at the Cowboys. Chancellor Cockstart from the Warriors. Britton Nakota from the Sharks on the edge. Isaiah Papali, ex-Warriors of the West Tigers. Joseph Tarpane from the Raiders, a great player. Leo Thompson, the front row from the Knights. Matthew Tamuko, the centre from the Raiders. And Nafuhu White from the Roosters on the edge. My initial thoughts, kids, when I saw it, wow. You know, where's Jordan Riki? Um, was probably on the edges. Uh, I had Britton Nakuru uh, down as one of the edge back rowers. Um, I still don't know whether or not James Fisher, Harris, or Moses Liotta have done their medical after the the final yet. Um, I was really surprised that Joseph Manu was actually um, coming to play after the season that he's had. And seven deputants. Uh, I'd say that I say that by the time the Pacific Cups are comes around, they all would have played mm. because um, you know you've got no uh, the one the one thing this team is lacking is experience. No Bromwich brothers, uh, you know that's which is a big one. One of them is obviously the captain. Uh, you've got a, a couple of other players that are obviously out. Jared Warrior Hargraves because of suspension. No Sean uh, Johnson and the big big loss and where the game is probably going to be won and lost is at hooker. Mm. So from Manu Brown, Danny Levi, and they they are throwing Kieran Foran in the hook. He ain't a hooker, okay. So they're throwing De- uh, Kieran Foran's name into the hooky role. When you're throwing Kieran Foran's name in the hooking role, desperation, mm. absolute desperation. So so, so Kempi, you, you, I get a sense this is going to be a difficult Pacific Championship. I I'm picking that it's going to be difficult. I think the first thirteen, if that remains a thirteen, I'm I'm picking that it's not going to remain the thirteen because mm. over the next. Probably two days, um, I and mean, even next week we'll have players that possibly would pull out. Uh, when it comes down to it, when you look at Samoa, Tonga, and what Australian, you've already had Nathan Cleary pull out this morning from the Australian side. Um, I think the shape of our team, like we're right back in the pack. Mm. You know, where we were above the pack, no Sean Johnson, no Brandon Smith, um, and they're probably two of the two that should be there. Uh, Jerome Hughes, does he play? He's been playing busted um, all year. So, mate, they lose They lose Jerome Hughes. So you think there's going to be a bit of shuffling there? I still think there's mm. going to be some shuffling. Yeah. So, uh, surprise, Kiz. That's that's what I can say. But surprised? I'm surprised on the team, not surprised at what's going on. Yeah, and, the, and the other thing, I just want to make this point. Kiz didn't know who they were. Yes. Now, now, the branding Same. is terrible. Like, mm. you know, the Kiwi's job is to... You know, when I was a kid, I knew every Kiwi that was coming through and was going to be in the team. Now, and so did the whole of New Zealand. But now you've got people out there. Double, double eight, double three. Could let us know if you know Keanu Kinney, okay? Um, or the likes of uh, Nafahu White, if you've heard those names, if they were ever in your consideration to be in the Kiwi team. That's double eight, double three on a Timber Bed post text machine. That's exactly what I was thinking. Kiss, like, um, there's a few names, no disrespect, but there's a few names in there. I'm like, oh, okay. Where have these guys come from? But yeah, it was so I know to be confusing. If it's confusing for me, it's confusing for many out there. For, for people like you and I, Daggy, you know, who we, we obviously know a good bit about the NRL, mm. otherwise, Jeeps, we wouldn't be able to work mm. here. But for someone like me, who who is across rugby union, who's across football, who's across yep. basketball, who's across rugby league, I try my absolute best to stay up to date with who these players are. But but is he putting it in a all-black sense? Could you ever see a world where, you know, end of end of year tour, you have Richie pulling out, you have Dan excusing himself from duty, you have all of these stars, and, and we have a world where 
we allow you know this this New Zealand A almost team to go over and 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 play as the All Blacks. So like for me, the problem that I've had with rugby league is that the international game needs more of a stand. I mean, this is the pride. This is you know yeah, this it is what for for us. This mm. is our you know any time that we can put the Kiwis jersey on, that is our origin. You know that is where we we go out and leave it out there. But is it concerning to you, Izzy, that? You know, it's almost becoming a bit of the USA basketball team where, you know, it's the we're one of the best countries in the world, but we're just not selecting the best players. I think you nailed it right there, um, Kez. Like, it's, I, I remember the days when the when the Kiwis would play and you just stay up all night and watch the Kiwis. You knew exactly every player that was running out and then you go to it now, it just shows that International Rugby League isn't priorities isn't prioritised by these players. You know, you've got Nathan Cleary, he's going to go and get his, his body right, and he's had a big couple of years. you got Sean Johnson, who had his probably best year he's had ever, and he's thinking, oh, I want to rest, I want to chill out. Like, there was no chance. If I had a huge, you know, like, I can't, you're never going to compare, but play it all year for, for Super Rugby, it's probably not the, the physicality of, of the NRL long, long, but then you throw in an international series in the middle, and then you throw on a rugby championship towards the end, and then you go on an end of year tour. That's 13 months. But I would never, ever sacrifice Mate, playing could, for my national country you for anything. You'd sacrifice Crusaders first, <laughs> never, right, before, before yeah, the like All Blacks. That's, my, that's, my, that's the, the ultimate for me. I know, I know we're dragging this one out, Kez, but I think it's very important. We never used to get a phone call. Mm. You know what? At the, at the end of the year when the tours were coming around, you sat by the TV and the radio mm. and you were going, they're going to name the team. I hope my name comes out. There is no way, mate, if you're busted, mm. like just read my name out, man, I'm going to get through it because I wanted to wear that black jersey. That's gone. But for me, and that's the, mo- that's the biggest tragedy about this is that the mana in the jersey is actually gone. And we've got to be really careful. That's if, sad, Kimby. The Pacific Cup. The specific is, mm. is is needed, but we haven't done the work to make sure that the black jersey is protected. No. And and we're, and with Samoa, like Dallin Martini Zalesnak's a prime example. He ain't the first, mm. you know. You look Jason Tomalolo and Fanua Blake led that for Tonga, but now he's going well. Kiwi jersey, sorry man, I'm going back to Tonga. Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's crazy. I, I can understand players needing. And rest he was a Kiwi captain and wanting rest, Kimpy, but. When you're, you're, you're leading the conversations and, and saying, like, oh, I just want to chill out now and have a relax and saying, oh, that jersey's not important, important to me. I just, yeah, I can't understand it. It's, it's, it's crazy for me when you think that's the ultimate prize, particularly in rugby, um, that these players don't really prioritise it. So I think the international game of rugby league needs a real makeover. Kempi, I know you've been vocal on that topic, um, but hey, this is the squad, and there's seven names I don't even know. I've never even heard of, like Wooden McGreg. I probably you probably know him, but I don't never heard of him. Um, you know, Marfu White. Yeah. So look, this is their time to shine, and everyone's going to get an opportunity, and hopefully they can be successful against uh, Samoa and Australia. Time will tell. Kempi will continue this conversation on. Keep those messages coming through. Double eight, double three. There's a couple there. We'll get to them after this, and we've also got our final triple. Threat. There's plenty coming up. Coming up. And remember, it is Kempi's Kicker Day. Hey, if you want to be a part of the kicker, on, let's get if your name's today. not Cam from Cambridge, you can have a chance. Because Cam from Cambridge, don't ever send that multi again. Listening, <laughs> Nazi and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this spring.
0800-150-811-833. Kempi's kicker. Remember, it is Thursday and we've come so close many a times. The only time we've won is when I was away. So uh, maybe it's me. But anyway, you're the ones picking <laughs> and I'm picking your options. So keep them through on double eight double three. But Kez, we've got one more. Round three. Yes, if you're just joining us, Triple Threat, the three uh, lead stories for the day. We started off by paying our respects and sending our aroha to the Wynyard family. Obviously, Jason Wynyard passing away yesterday, a true Kiwi legend, and that is uh, an understatement by far. Then we moved on to the Kiwi squad being named. Kempi uh, led a little off the back fence rip quite early. But uh, look, boys, I thought for round three, Israel, mm. you're not coming into work tomorrow. Daddy Daycare is going on the road. So I thought, just while we have you here, while we're blessed by the presence of one of the All Black greats, double eight, double three, final All Black predictions. Is this team selection approach the right one? First test against Uruguay. Uh, well, look, what would I know? But from my from my experience, I would have loved to have seen a bit of continuity and selection. Like we're losing eight frontline starters that are probably going to be underdone, but they'll be refreshed. And heading into to the Irish, I would have loved to seen some continuity and selections, and probably lead with a lot of our starting players just to give them more time to build on those combinations. There's, it's going to be. I think the difficult thing about this is, you know, how does this team perform? What do we want to see from this performance? We are going to win. We are expected to win, but when you're expected to win, the mind can do some funny things. And we've got a young squad that are going to be full of excitement that are going to go out there and, and probably play the way that they want to play. But is that the right way to play when you're going to take on Ireland? That's the only concern I have is yeah. when you're playing Uruguay, defensively, Kempi, they're probably going to be a little bit different, a little bit off. You know, you're potentially going to have opportunities to throw the offload. To, to, to play, play some unstructured play that potentially will work against them but won't work against Ireland. So that's the only concern I have. But, um, you know, Fozzie's had a hell of a lot of time to be able to plan for the scenario, so you have to trust. Um, but good opportunity for, for a lot of players. Sam Kane coming back at the open side position, Tyrell Lomax and his uh, front row credibility, Kempi, but a stability up top. Um, you've got Sammy Whitelock playing his 150th, and then you've got Lester and Damien in the backs. Anton Leonard-Brown having another crack yep. with Geordie Barrett. So so there's some excitement there. Yeah. What are you like here, stop, stop Stop gap. I think he's fixing up some holes that he possibly could have in that island game. Mm. For me, just really, it's one really simple thing. They don't get to do the things that they need to do against Ireland, against the, the, the teams in the last two games. Mm. They get to run free-flowing football, and it's it's a bit of a false economy. Because mm. when they get, get up against Ireland, it's going to stop. Yeah, the line speed's going to come. 100%. Mm. And I would have thought that you would have actually wanted your best team to be run with some cohesion into that game. And it's played out exactly how we said. They're going to go out there, they'll get these two games, they'll run over the top of them, everyone will get confident again, and then all of a sudden, are they ready for Ireland? Mm. That's the big question. Yeah, and that's the thing tonight. Like For Uruguay, they got to try things that they want to put into place against Ireland. Don't get caught into that trap of just playing and throwing it around, and it's going to work. Don't get me wrong, it's going to work. There's going to be opportunities, but trying to, to really focus on the, the skill sets, the micro skills that are going to get the job done, particularly in that quarterfinal. But up the ABs, I'm predicting an absolute bloodbuff again. But uh, we'll shoot away, we'll come back. We've got some headlines with Kez. Let us know your thoughts on double eight double three in regards to the, the, um, the International Kiwi squad. Do you like it? Does it excite you? Are you concerned? 
that the the jersey the jersey has is lacking pride at the moment. We've had so many top line players pull out. I want to hear your concerns or or your excitement leading into the Pacific Championship and that All Black squad. Keep them coming through, and we've got a love racing update as well. Here's uh, Karen. We got Kaza today with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Thirty-five minutes past six. <laughs> you're on SCNZ. I'm a bit disappointed. Thank you, Karen. I don't know why you had your hands on your face there, Digger. You know why? Someone come through and said Super Daisy yesterday, and it won. They oh. paid six bucks ninety or something. And someone tipped it out, and I said I, I backed it before, that. so I'll stay off it. And that's why it won. It won yesterday. The Crazy, my curse. dad runs again today, so I know you backed that last time. It's actually in for second favourite today. What's what, that? What was that one, Kimpy? It's my dad. Is my dad. Is he my dad? Mm. Is he my dad? I backed it both before and it won, <laughs> but I backed Super Daisy and it never won. And it won yesterday. What's this horse called? Is he my dad? Is he my dad? <laughs> Is he my dad? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Now, we second still, last start. I was racing you today. Still quite a few good ones. Gee, oh, that's all I want to bloody get into racing for, isn't it? Naming the horse. <laughs> that's half the fun, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I'd sit there all day thinking good ones. Boys, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Dagger, stop looking so disappointed. Two more days till Rick's back. Given you these headlines. But boys, look, uh, a lot of the chat this week has been around uh, the Shield, and unfortunately not for the right reasons, but I just thought I'd uh, take you over the ditch, let you know what they've got going on. Obviously, the AFL season has just wrapped up, and uh, Sydney Swans captain uh, Callum Mills, he's had to apologise to Sydney fans. Uh, He fronted the media Wednesday morning in a shoulder brace. This is what he had to say. I want to firstly show my my remorse and apologise to the club the coaches, the board, my teammates, and especially the Swan supporters. I made a bad mistake. I put myself at risk and I take full responsibility. Uh, I'm obviously extremely disappointed and this is not a reflection uh, of the captain I aspired to be. Um, And I'm gutted that this will potentially put the start of my season at risk probably wondering why does he sound so gutted why is he so buggered Sydney Swans on their mad Monday Mm. uh, after the AFL season Captain Callum Mills decided to take on the whole team in a wrestling match now what he's done is he's put his shoulder out meaning he's going to miss the start of next season so that's what's been going on over in Australia (laughs) Digger I know uh, you fancy yourself against your brothers in the old pro wrestling on the trampoline but uh, the morning after, you know, being knocked out of the competition. <laughs> this is the one where you're sharp at training for for an injury that you've already got, <laughs> hoping to get through half the training session so you can pull, pull you can it fake at it. training. <laughs> yeah, I've got a similar similar story to Callum, but obviously didn't get hurt. I, I thought it would be a good idea to wind up Scott Barrett. Over you in did. The, yeah, in 2017 after we won in, um, in Johannesburg. I said, mate, I, I kept winding the forwards up because they never had a more try scored against. So I said, bro, the backs would smoke you and more. You know, would absolutely annihilate you. Well, Scott Barrett had enough towards the end of the day, just before we were about to jump on the kite. It's been a you big got day. To him. You got him. I got to him. He chased me around this lagoon <laughs> and, like, just trying to destroy me. And I had to bolt it. And I just had to go. <laughs> he looks quick, eh? Did he, did he catch you? Like, he was genuinely red, red face, trying to, trying to annihilate me. And I was like, come on, Scoot. I was just having a joke. Anyway, the following year, we beat the Hagawaris in Christchurch, and we we're at Christchurch Rugby Club, and we had a more off 
Beck's V Fords and they pumped us. <laughs> surprise, <laughs> so, surprise. So I kept winding them up for a whole other year and we finally sorted it out uh, at Crusher Rugby Club. Mm. But no one got injured. So Callum, just get, don't get injured, mate. <sighs> God, Jeepers, we've got to learn. You know, we've got to start learning at some point. And just quickly, boys, uh, as you heard in Karen's news, the 2030 FIFA World Cup will be held across six countries and three continents. What an awesome experience for the FIFA World Cup. So Spain, Portugal and Morocco will be named as the co-hosts alongside Uruguay, Argentina and Paraguay. But, boys, where it lays for me. FIFA also confirmed only bids from countries from the Asian Football Confederation and the Oceania Football Confederation will be considered for the 2034 finals. So uh, is there a Hail Mary coming from a a co-host Australia New Zealand? You reckon? I don't know. I think I think if someone if said that we got no chance. Yeah, but if, it? if this is the way that it's going, where they're going to do, you know, uh, the, the initial first group stage games are going to be in held across three countries. I think we could host a couple pools in in New Zealand and Australia. Why like, not? Like who? What games? Oh, I want Argentina. I want Portugal. I want France. I want no chance. I want Brazil. Well, if they if they held, if they held out for media rights for the Women's World Cup here in uh, in New Zealand, Australia. What do you think the Men's World Cup's worth? Uh, what, nine billion, I think, yeah. they you know? Mm. Yeah, there's like... It's huge. We, we probably... Billion. We mm. probably would we're get... Gonna, billion. We're going to pay that, aren't we, Danny? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like it's... That's how much they generate across the tournament, oh, isn't yeah. it? The sponsorship. I, I, I generally wouldn't be surprised if, if we did in some miracle land, and I've got you know my fingers and my toes crossed that this could potentially happen, we'd, we'd arguably see hundreds of thousands of people trying to come over to New Zealand for these games. Like, people will travel with the FIFA World Cup. It's like the Rugby World Cup. We know how many Kiwis we've got in France. Imagine how many Europeans, South Americans, Central Americans, you know, will we'll come over here if we potentially got a FIFA World Cup. Because everyone loves New Zealand. Mate, I'd love to see it, Kiz, but I just can't I don't, see it. I, I, dagger, <laughs> I don't too. But you know what? It's Friday Eve, so I just thought, you know, fantasy's on. If there's a time that, you know, if there's a chance for us to genuinely ever get a World Cup, I think uh, 2034 probably will be our best chance 2034. ever. 2034. <laughs> Trades and builders, power your business with Bunning Straight Power Pass because we're probably going to have to build a million hotels and 25 new stadiums. Beautiful, Kiz. I just had f- fantasies when you said that word, fantasies. In my in my mind, what? Because Kempi smacked you in every fantasy football, <laughs> every fantasy rugby competition that we've had no, this just, year. Don't make me I expose had, the secrets. I, there. I just had Britney Spears fantasies. You know the, the yeah perfume. Yeah, let's move on. We've okay. lost the plot. So appreciate it. Thank you, kids. I love that little update with you and uh, Kempi. So who would you have picked at hooker? You can only pick who was available. But that was your point. Yeah, but, but that's my point. My point is, you know, you, you do only pick what you, what is available. And unfortunately, we thought we'd, we'd done enough. You know, this goes way back, you know, to the development of rugby league in this country. We've always had no hookers. We've always had lack of halfbacks that now, when we do get through to the, the pick, putting on the jersey, that mun is gone and, and injuries or rest is, is taken as a as a uh, a better option than actually pulling on that black jersey. It never would have happened in my day, I'm telling you right now, and definitely before me, those guys would have played, well, you look at Mark Graham playing with busted ankles, busted shoulders, you know, getting that jersey and pulling that on. My point is that that's where we're at. Who else are we going to pick? Mm. You know, so where is the problem? And I've got an off-the-back fence that we'll talk about that. 
the problem is priorities. You know, the, no one prioritises the Kiwis jersey at the moment. And if someone's come through with their squad, potentially, but I'll leave you with this. Really disappointed on the Kiwis team behind the Black Caps. They are my favourite NZ team to watch. I'm really looking forward to the day I see this team, and I'll read it for you later on in the show. Coming up, we've got Love Racing. Remember, it is Thursday, and, and we want to get someone paid, and myself. So send some options through on double eight double three. Love Racing coming up. 6.48 and you can call us anytime on 0800 Find a thoroughbred race day at events.loveracing.nz Well, Skewiff has set the bloom at Flemington. Trainer Mark Walker is hoping his talented mare can bring her New Zealand form to Flemington on Saturday when she will line up in the Group 2 rows of King, uh, Kingston Stakes over 1,400 metres. The Waikato stud bred and race four-year-old uh, made a great start to her spring preparation in her homeland finishing runner-up in the Group 2 Foxridge Plate at Tarapa in August before scoring her maiden Group 1 victory in the Tarzino Trophy over 1,400 metres last month down in Hastings. Her performance sealed her a trip across the Tasman to join Taco's racing newly established Cranbourne barn. Hasn't that come out too, is he, in a in f- flying, mate, with Imperatriz? And Walker is hoping she can continue the stable's great start in Victoria. She carries Group 1 winner's penalty, but she has earned it. She is a Group 1 winner, and we think that she is a nice mare, Walker told Racing.com. She did have all favours in the Tarzino, but she had a nice draw. She's a very short sprint, and Opie tactically rode a brilliant race to hold her up as long as he could. The daughter of Savabeel is runner-up in the Group 1 New Zealand Thoroughbred Breeders Stakes. Um, over 1,600 metres, a Group 1 Levin Classic over 1,600 metres, a Group 2 8 Carat Classic, the same distance last year in Walker Belize, she will be ideally suited to the $10 million Golden Eagle in f- uh, over 1,500 metres in, in uh, Sydney next month. How nice would that be? That'd be real nice. I got paid $370 yesterday for Pungle. Did you? <laughs> 370 bucks, and here we go, talking about $10 million Australian dollars it will be racing for in the Golden Eagle. Meanwhile, Walker reported stable mare um, and star Imperatriz has come through her win in last Saturday's, uh, what was that race again? Group 1 more stakes over 1,000 metres in the valley. In good order, and is on track to return to Melbourne, uh, to the Melbourne course later this month to contest the Group 1 Monocato Stakes over 1,200. She's a little bit scratchy the next day, but by Sunday she was pretty good and was pretty bouncy again, so we we're really happy with her. Uh, it should be really good for her, the Monocato. She is pretty versatile, and as a three-year-old, she won up to a mile, so 1,200 metres will be a perfect fit. So there you go, Walker Burgesson, and thanks, to Sammy, for coming on yesterday. Um, mate, they got some really good horses at the moment, those two-year-old, three-year-old four-year-olds now that uh, are heading to the big races with Wilco, uh, hopefully at Ellerslie at the end of the year. Uh, we have to keep an eye on that. We've got racing today, and it is down in Woodville. There's a couple of horses, I don't know, you, mate, it's, it's so hard to be picking them at the moment. Um, midweek, is he? Uh, but there's a couple here. I know it is. I know, there's a couple here. I actually don't mind one. Um, Hacksaw Ridge is a $2.50 favourite in race eight. Uh, the far, Farmlands Pahia Tour, 1,600 metres. It's a rating 75. It's got Jonathan Parks on it. But I actually like the number one uh, who's got a full claimer on it. It's going to come down to 58 kilos. Tony Davies is uh, is the jockey for Roger Allen. Kahu Rock, number one, is at four bucks. Um, so I might have a little bit of a tickle on that. But uh, there's another one 
in race six where the money's come from. It's f- and it's called Fashion Icon. Open at four dollars fifty is into three dollars sixty. Uh, it just keep it keeps coming in. Again, Tony Davies is on it. She's got four claimers, so it's with fifty one kilos um, for Peter Didham. And yeah, if these thing, things about Peter Didham, if they if they know something in the stable, uh, and then the money is pouring onto that one, just I'd jump on it here nice and early because it looks like that will be the one to follow through today. There's others there, but I'm sure we're going to get something. Don't forget Kempi's kicker, and if you want to have a have a little bit of a tipple, uh, me and Izzy will pick that. Kempi's kicker later on and give it before we uh, finish the show up for the day. So uh, that's your Love Racing update experience. The thrill, Love Racing, own racing. Beautiful, Kempi. And Joe from Gizzy's come through. Morena boys, the best two-year-old, three-year-old filly run tonight at Addington, both unbeaten, 18 races combined. Race three, Vessel. And race eight, Will Millwood Nike, who was partially owned uh, by Frank Endicott, lump on as they both simply win. Well, it's been a while. He's just been simmering away, old Joey from Gizzy. Probably he's getting paid silently, and now he's finally shared, shared the chocolates. How good is that? Thank you, Kempi, for that. And uh, there's a few more there coming through for Kempi's kicker. Bring in your community field of dreams back to life with SENZ and PGG Rights and Turf. Head to the win page on the SENZ website and our app to enter, and maybe your dream, like his, will come true. Back soon. Yes, welcome back. After seven, we're going to talk some Heartland Rugby. We've got Nigel Walsh, the South Canterbury head coach, coming on. We've got Laura McGoldrick talking the ODI Cricket World Cup over there in India. The Black Caps play facing uh, England tonight. Uh, and we'll give you all that coverage and we'll catch up with Laura McGoldrick about that team or potentially who will play and how they can get the job done. Morena, Izzy and Kempi, I met Jason back in 1996. That's Jason Winyard, the late Jason Winyard. I worked for Steel Chainsaws back then. He used to get all the new gear from our warehouse in Monaco. Met him a few times. Aroa Nui, that was from Ed. So if you've got any memories of the the late Jason Winyard, please send them through. We'll read those out throughout the show. All Blacks will beat Ireland by 20. Too easy. Could put Izzy and Kempi on tomorrow morning against Uruguay and still win. Mate. <laughs> Have you seen us? <laughs> Have you seen our lead? Look, I know you understand. I understand. I know that. I, I think we're going to win. We are going to win. No doubt about that. It's, I think it's the way that we're going to win is is probably the most concern or, or where we want to see some signs that they are doing the right things. Preparation, is he? Preparation, heading into, taking on Ireland potentially in that quarter final and uh, keep those messages coming through. Cam from Cambridge is trying to redeem himself. Legato on Saturday. Chert, that is for Kempi's That's kicker. a hard one to pick, Cam. Mm. That's real hard, that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, one for Kempi's kicker. Ireland one to twelve at two dollars seventy. Cheers, boys. They're taking on Scotland. That's going to be an interesting one. But anyway, coming up, Nigel Walsh. Here's Karen with the news for Kubota together shaping and building New Zealand. Yes, welcome back, Izzy Kempi for breakfast. SCNZ just after seven o'clock. Appreciate you tuning in. Keep those Kempi's kickers coming through. We'll pick one. Or two at the end of the show, one for myself, one for Kempi to be a part of that kicker. We've got a $50 bonus bet thanks to the team at the TAB to put up and hopefully get you all paid. We've got Laura McGoldrick coming up. The ODI Cricket World Cup commences tonight. England taking on our very own Black Caps. It's been an interesting warm-up lead-up to this World Cup. Obviously injury concerns, a lot of experience and uh, well, players that have been there for a very long time struggling with fitness. 
hopefully they can be available um, to, to help us go one better than that heartache in 2019. We're going to be talking Heartland Championship. We've got Chris Marsoi coming up after 8 o'clock. We'll get an update where he's at with life. We obviously know what he was able to do on the rugby field. I played against Chris Marsoi plenty of times. We've got some awesome stories from the boys when they played with him. And, uh, well, I bumped into him yesterday at the, at the traffic lights and I heard this saying, yay. There you go, and I looked over, it's Chris Marsal. We haven't seen him for years, so what do we do? We get him on the show. That's what we do here on SCNZ. But uh, right now, it is Tradies Hour. Thanks to um, uh, Night and Day, warm up with this morning with a hell of a coffee starting from $4.50. I need my coffee, so I'm going to go get me one shortly. But we've got head coach of South Canterbury on the show, Nigel Walsh. How you doing, Walshy? Good morning, team. Doing very well. Oh, I bet you are, mate. Undefeated again. Must get boring. <laughs> I don't know about boring. It's bloody challenging, I can assure you. But um, yeah, look, very proud of what the boys have achieved here in this year, and and uh, as a group and as a province, we're very proud of where we're at today. And and uh, you know, we're 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 refocusing now, and she's semi-final time, but she's been one hell of a competition. What about the Heartland competition? It has, mate. It has been, uh, you know, you've, you've been pushed a few times and I just want to ask you about focus. Like, how do you maintain focus for this team that has been undefeated for so long? Like, how do you can maintain the edge within the group? Oh, look, we just take every game by game and, and um, to be fair with you, it's we know that um, every team's going to come and throw the bloody kitchen sink at us mm. and we need to be ready, we need to be prepared. And um, we need to um, know there's a challenge coming. We need to welcome that challenge and walk towards it. So um, the thing about it is the boys are having a lot of fun. They've got smiles on their faces and, and they're enjoying their time in the green and black jersey and the trainings and, and they all want to be together. So that's that's a massive um, point for us. And we've got a good culture and good values about the team as well. So it's one big happy family, mate. Well, she, well done, the Penrith of the Heartland Rugby Championship, uh, haven't lost since 2019. Hey, I've just got a question for you around the Ranfurly Shield. How 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 tough has it been and has it been felt down in that Heartland competition of what's happened this week with that? Oh, very much so. You know, everybody's um, disappointed and, and uh, obviously uh, pretty upset. It's a very valued, treasured um, shield that's been around New Zealand rugby for a very, very long time and... Um, you know, it, it, it is felt everywhere. South Canterbury's had it down here a couple of times and very, very proud of that. And, and now we've, in the last couple of three years, we've been able to challenge for it as well mm. and, and had, had it in our sight, but obviously not been able to grab it. Um, so, no, it, it is, it is but, you know, it's very upsetting and disappointing. But, you know, they say that it was dropped on a concrete floor. So let's hope that that story's true and, um, you know, the boys bounce back and um, fix it. Well, she there's been a, a few messages come through the show to, uh, the show to just... Uh, you know, get it out of the top division, throw it down in Heartland and let them compete it because we know how treasured it would be in Heartland. Oh, very much so. You know, we've got the Hannon Shield in our, um, mm. our mid-Canary, South Canary, North Otago, um, three provinces down here, and, and that's that's one hell of a shield to keep and, and play for, and we treasure that like the Ranfilly Shield. And, um, you know, I know in the last couple of years when we've, we've challenged, everybody said, shit, I hope you get it and bring it in the Heartland because how good would that be, mm. you know? And, and and it would be, it would be great. But um, 
you know, it's it's a big challenge, and, and some of those steps are just that little bit too far for us at the moment. But um, the way the team's going, who knows what could happen going forward? I think it'll be amazing for the for the provinces, particularly down there in Timaru, and uh, how well it will be received. Hey, um, while she obviously took on Poverty Bay, it's a battle of the East Coast, pretty much back to back games you've got going on. You just got over. Poverty Bay. What, what was was that an opportunity for you to rest a few players and leading into knowing that you've cemented your top spot? No, we didn't um, rest any players. We mm. actually had a couple of uh, injury and crook. Yeah. And we had our first five, second five um, combination of Sam Briggs, Paula Fafita missing in the weekend. Mm. And we moved our nine Willie Wright out to ten, and um, Miles Megacott um, slipped into twelve. So. But they were injuries and, and, and sickness, so um, there were certainly no resting players for Poverty Bay. They come out and, mm. and played a, played a hell of a game. It was atrocious conditions. She was blowing. It was raining. It was cold. It was uh, and it's the first week game we've had all year as well. But no disrespect to Poverty Bay, they really come to play, and, and um, I haven't seen them play like that all year. And it's a bit like all the teams that have come close to us. They yeah. really raise the bar against us, and then the poor. Or buggers next week they go and fall over mm. if they could raise that bar and stay at that bar she would even be a tougher competition mm. Let's just talk a little bit about your fullback uh, Luali Samoti who's a hat trick on the weekend, helped help get home, how good's he going? Oh look, Luali's one, one sort of talented player, he, we call him the ghost because he just pops up here, there and everywhere and he's got a free range, he can run the field and, and be off a shoulder and I suppose he's been watching Izzy Dag try and play rugby and, and he's been following his <laughs> footsteps and following around and popping up everywhere and scoring tries. But Izzy's one hell of a... Um, sorry, Luelli's one hell of a, a player. He's been away for the last couple of weeks. I've just had a new baby arrive in their family. Um, so he's had some time at home with, with mum and, and new bubs and stuff like that. But he's come back and, and scored the three tries and, and put a hell of a mark back on that 15 jersey. So... Um, Competitions uh, heating up for all the spots. But just uh, on that, you've got obviously quality players, and you've got an uh, you know a strong side that's been just absolutely going crazy for the last couple of years. What do you put put that success down to, Walsh? Like you obviously haven't got the res- the championship yet, but you are dead set favourites to do it again. The pathways in, in South Canterbury, like, can you tell us about the the? the players coming through, the work that they're doing in, in the union to, to allow these players to play for South Canterbury? Yeah, look, we go, we go through deep charts, and that's right through under-16s, under under-18s, and then it goes into the DA um, squad and mm. things like that. So um, we we normally invite five or six of the under-21s, the Colts boys, into our trainings um, earlier on in the season. And we've been lucky enough with the Ramfley Shield Challenges, we've actually had five of them come into our trainings in those early sessions, so they get a taste of it, and they know what's expected. They come in and do the weight sessions, the pre-season sessions, and they get a bit of a shell shock, and they think, shit, if we're going to make that, this is where <laughs> we've got to be. So, um, But we also identify players early on. Um, you know, we've got people looking at these young fellas right through, and we try and get them into sort of academies and, and um, into the system. And, and bring them through and keep an eye on them. First 15 rugby, you know, it, it's mm. it's not as strong as Christchurch rugby or, or further, you know, Otago rugby and that, but the Timaru boys, high boys, and the Roncalli um, college boys, um, the Aoraki Roncalli college boys, they put up a good fight and, and they give it all, and, and we spot some nice talent out of there as well. So, yeah, we're, we're looking not just at our squad, we're looking right across the board and to see who we can bring through and who's got mm. that sort of little bit of X factor and we know that can 
do the mahi and, and get the treats afterwards. Get the get the treats, and you've been getting them for a long time. Just just tell us, Walshie, like there must be a hell of a culture down there. And talking about accountability, when players are coming in to get these results, they're used to winning. What, what's your week look like, and and how do you handle that culture? Um, and what have you built it on? Oh, we take it right back to reality. You know, even Sunday and, and Monday night. You know, we're, we're we're in touch with players, and you know. Over the, the last couple of days, I've had players text me, can you give me some feedback, coach? And, and I'd go back, no, you tell me how you played. And then I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. You know, don't get me to tell you how you think you play, how mm. I think you played. You tell me how you think you played. And and so there's some real um, in-depth and, and hard conversations had with players. And, and um, these guys take it on board. They, they want to achieve and they want to get better and they want to be seen, you know. You look at our, you know you look at some of our players in, in our core group, and it's a wonder they're not being approached to go further on us and stuff like that. And as a coach, that's my job mm. um, is to to promote these players and, and try and get them to the the highest level they can get. But we have really some hard, honest, open discussions, and, and especially on Tuesday on feedback. You know, I'll pick on players to talk and make sure they're getting involved with the conversation, so they're just not there sitting listening and, and looking at the roof. They're, they're involved and. Everybody has a word in our team and everybody can say how they feel and we've got to take it on the chin and we've got to fix it. So, um, you know, the last couple of weeks, last week was about ticking our box that we said at the start of the year and that was make the top four. Yeah, we'd made it, but we treated it as our quarterfinal and we mm. had to win that quarterfinal to get a home final or a home semifinal, sorry. Um, so we put the pressure on ourselves to make sure we tick another box and make the top four, but also win it to get a home semi. And um, so they're the, they're the sort of different focuses we put on each uh, on ourselves um, to keep challenging ourselves. Otherwise, you could easily fall into that trap. Well, speaking of promotion and aspiration, Nigel Walsh, I heard your name being touted around, particularly around the Christchurch region. What, what's on your horizon? Oh, look, mate, I'd love to challenge myself and go as far as I can, obviously. And, mm. and um, you know, it's it's getting those opportunities and. Over the last couple of years, I've been involved with that Crusaders development side and, and um, this year with Marty Burke, Timmy Bateman and Gray Cornelius and it was a great coaching group and, mm. and you know, and, and you never know what could happen out of that. But look, I've, yeah, I've, this is my eighth year in the Heartland Championships, three years with North Otago. They first came in my opportunity down there. Um, while South Canterbury already had their good coaches in place and then I come home and coached up here and this is my fifth year with South Canterbury. So... Yeah, I'm certainly looking at my options and opportunities and, and uh, to see what's around the corner, for sure. And um, I'd love to go as far as I could and just test myself. I can see it happening, mate. You've been pretty outstanding since uh, you've you've taken South Canterbury to the position where they are at, at the moment. Uh, semi-final, Pleasant Point Rugby Club on the PGG Wrightson Turf, Field of Dreams, new turf. How good is this going to be? Up against East Coast. Oh, mate, this is going to be a test. This is She's going to be a beauty. The East Coast boys aren't going to travel all this way down here for nothing. They're going to bring... The only thing they're missing is their horses, and we're going to hide all the horses in South <laughs> Canterbury so they don't feel as though they're at home. Um, so we're going to take that treat away from them. Um, but no, it, it, we know that these boys are going to come down. They've played well all year. They've got some very good players. You know, Mitch Croswell, who's been around for a long, long time. Mm. Hakarangi Tichborn. Honey Harawira, who went up to North Harbour and, and had a crack up there, and he's been in the New Zealand Heartland side when I've been coaching him as well. And so, you know, Tirangi Fraser, they've got some talent across the park, but um, we've just got to shut that talent down and, and play our game and, and bring it. And going out to Pleasant Point, that's my old club. You know, I've played 170 odd games out there. 
and uh, the old man was a president and club captain and this, that, the next thing, and all the other two brothers played out there. So we've been training out there all year while our ground's been under redevelopment, and um, so it is home for us, mm. and um, we're going out there um, setting up and, and treating it as, as, another, as another challenge and, and refocus. Beautiful, Nigel. Well, all the best, mate. And uh, just quickly, give give that field a plug, mate. I know it got a refurb last year. Is it, is it as good as it looks? Oh, look, PGG Wrightson's did a great job in the field and, and resowed it, and, and it, it's it's great. It, she got pretty hard during the uh, during the winter, and, and we didn't have much rain down here, but they watered it, and she's still looking in supreme nick. Um, so, you know, PGG Wrightson's done a great job, and uh, the Pleasant Point Club will be very thankful for what they got from PGG Wrightson's, and they're standing up well. Beautiful. Nigel, thank you so much. All the best taking on the coast. Cheers, Walshies. Go well. And uh, keep up the great work, mate. You're absolutely flying. I'm sure higher honours will be uh, on the horizon for you, mate. Thank you very much. Take care. No, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Here he is. Nigel Walsh. Got to be one of the best records. <laughs> Close. 2019. A hell of a long time. Mate, knows how to win. Mm. Yep. Like, um, he's, he's a very uh, you know, dedicated man. He's a big man. He's got a lot of a lot of mana and, and a, a you know a lot of aura about him, and he you know it's not easy to try and get a team up and up and up every single week. You know a little bit of uh, you know what is it? What's the word? Can be like you know a little bit of easiness can creep in or something. You know you get a bit comfortable comfortable and you know trying to motivate these players. They're thinking it's easy. They're going to win every single game. You know, yeah, it takes the strength of a coach to be able to do relax a little bit at the wrong time of the year. Mm. Yeah, I like, I like what, um, what Walshie was saying about how he prepares his team and gets them ready uh, during the week and the feedback and all that sort of stuff. He's got a very good culture down there, obviously, um, having that team together since 2019 and, and yet to lose going into another final series. Mate, you'd be kicking yourself if you up against them. You did well. You're dead right. Dead well. That's good English. Complacency was the word that I was after. Thank you, Kiss. Appreciate that. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. I'm going to shoot off. Get me a coffee. We're going to come back because I'm going to sit back, relax, and let's go because Kempy's coming off the back fence. You're listening, Ozzy and Kempy. Thanks for uh, for breakfast. Thanks to Kempy's Warehouse, keeping you healthy this spring. Get it out, dagger. It's Tradies Hour on Ozzy and Kempy for breakfast. Warm up with a hell of a coffee from $4.50 from your local night and day. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. When I was a kid, nothing meant more to me than dreaming of pulling on that iconic black Kiwi jersey. Sitting next to my old man watching Kiwi games on TV with players such as Mark Graham, Clayton Friend and the big O, Olsen Fulapana, used to make my skin tingle. Man, as a kid, I wanted nothing more than to pull that black jersey on. Fast forward today and players are now choosing to have a rest or even represent another country. How things have changed. So what is the problem and where has the mana of the black jersey gone? For me... It's been a time bomb that was always going to go off. When the Anderson Report came out in 2008, yet another Sport New Zealand review, it took the mana off the provinces and created a zone structure which basically basically said to the league community, get stuffed. Now the provinces have nothing. Just look at Auckland Rugby League. Once the biggest brand in rugby league in New Zealand, it led league in the country but is now nowhere to be seen. Jobs for the boys, an Australian coach and tournaments that don't develop within our communities 
only promote NRL clubs to pillage our kids and is basically ruining our game. But more importantly, it has diluted our iconic Kiwi black jersey. I'm so disappointed that this has happened. Look at Kalen and Reese, for instance. If the work was put in, the retention of the Kiwi heart was retained, then just maybe we could have had these two enticed back to pull on the black Kiwi jersey. But the current structure and people at the NZRL incapable of regaining that mana back. From here, it will only get worse. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Because the NRL is so successful, Kempe, it kind of casts, casts a shadow over the real underlying problems with rugby league. You think that the players, the individuals that have New Zealand heritage would be able to transition into our Kiwis jersey. But this has been happening for a very, very long time. You talk about the All Blacks jersey losing its aura. I think the Kiwis jersey's got no aura. No. Not, well, not anymore. Like, you know, for me, it's there's nothing better than a Kiwi jersey. I'm, I'm like black through and through. People talk to me about origin. I'm like, mate, I just want them to bash each other. You know, I, you know, the green jersey gets bought out in front of me. I'm like, yeah, let's let's go type thing. But what has been diluted over, I'm saying, well, close to 15 years now, is the passion to want to actually pull that black jersey on and the confusion um, with our kids that go over there at a tw- you know, 12. So, so Francis Liotta, for instance, he's a he's a fantastic story. Mm. You know, because he went over there when he was 12. But he wanted to play for the Kiwis. These are the kids I've got a lot of time for. Mm. Benji Marshall played uh, Australian schoolboys. They did the hucker in front of him. He said, I'm in the wrong team. you got Kalen and Reese, arguably the two best fullbacks, playing way better than Tedesco at the moment. Can't get picked in the Kangaroos jersey. But we'll take you boys when we're ready. You know what I mean? Retaining a Kiwi heart, for me, is all about actually knowing who you are mm. and where you come from. Now, you might have indigenous blood, mm. but you have to do the work. And the problem with us is we don't do the work. We don't do the mahi. We don't get in the fight. We don't get in the scrap um, to retain the Kiwi heart. And now the scrap has just got a hell of a lot harder because when it was just the kangaroos in one corner, now we've got Tonga, Samoa, Cook Islands, you know, all standing there going, well, we want our, our boys to come home and represent ours because we want them to retain their part of the heart. So, you know. So, where, where is the problem, Kempe? Like, the, why aren't Kalen, Reese Walsh, some players that are playing in Australia that we know 100% should be representing the Kiwis, not and absolutely getting, miss, missing out on opportunities to represent the Karen Cruz and just turn their black back on? On the team in black. Yeah. So when I was a kid, nothing meant more to me than dreaming on pulling on that so iconic why don't they dream black of jersey. Because their fathers don't sit on the couch with them and give them the the opportunity to understand that they can represent that jersey, and and the annual country. You know, and and the retention of the Kiwi heart starts in the community. Mm. It actually starts at my club at Waitara. You know, I mean, at the moment, we're just picking our best. We've got a 90th re- reunion coming up in a month's time. We're just picking our best players over 90 years. It's a hard job. I said to the boys, you know, like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not 90. Mm. Um, so, you know, I feel sorry for the players I haven't seen. But I'll tell you what, the ones that I heard about, I knew about them all. Mm. Um, and at the moment, like the Caelan Pongers and the Reese Walshers, there's no one talking to them about the black jersey. I doubt it whether they know who Olsen Filipina is. Mm. Um, they def or Kevin Edel, mm. you know what I mean? One of our greatest centres. Um, and I just think that you know the people that are doing that at the moment just they don't get it. They don't they don't get you know why it's important to have a Kiwi coach. Yeah, 
promoting oh that's the number one so mm. so at the moment the Kiwi structure you've got the Kiwi coaches in Aussie his assistant coach is now coaching Samoa they can't even retain coaches mm. so the whole the whole gambit that's happening in there is 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 wrong and what's going on at the moment and I just think it's a, it was a ticking time bomb the 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 fight now we're not even in it we're we're out the back picking up what the leftovers and the people if they don't pull their finger out um, and give the game back to the community they were one vote about away from getting the the game back to the community. They were one vote from from um, getting the the zone structure, which is an absolute failure, mm. absolute failure, uh, kicked out and given back to the community. Um, and they still won't do it. They okay. still won't, will not give the game back to the people that actually run it. Yeah, I love that, Kimpy. And, and this is I I totally agree. Nikki J, he sent someone sent through a message. Can can you mind unpacking the Anderson report for us? Yep. So maybe we'll we'll go away, come back, and uh, just give us a little brief summary of, of the Anderson pro- report because I don't even know. Yeah. The Anderson report. So we'll come we'll come back with with it, Kimpy. So hold there. Uh, we'll shoot away. We'll get to Kaz with the news for Kubota together shaping and building New Zealand. Thank you, Karen. Thirty three minutes past seven here on SENZ. You're listening to Izzy and Kimpy for breakfast. Do Kenards make trade easy? Ken oh, they do. Almost a no-brainer asking that one every morning, boys. But You're waiting for me to look at you. Eh? I was, yeah. yeah and you were looking look straight you. away. Good. We've put an end to that one. Yep. Uh, one of my last headlines there. Ricardo back on Monday. So uh, oh. all your listens at the no, double eight double three Irish John have that one. We get the normal kids back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the Westie kids back then. I like, then, I like kids. You're doing a good job, bro. Thank you, Izzy. Awesome. I appreciate it, boys. Uh, overnight, the Kiwi squad Just came out. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, luckily it's tradies hour and I've had my coffee from night and day. Just $4.50. Uh, the Kiwi squad came out overnight and it's uh, got a lot of people talking. Seven debutantes and uh, Kempe uh, off the back fence. If you missed it, head to the uh, SENZ app or head to Spotify, head to Apple, get your podcast. Go listen to Kempe's off the back fence because he truly did come off the back fence. But uh, Kempe, we got a text through double eight double three just before we shot off and heard from Karen. Uh, Kempe, awesome off the back fence. Do you mind unpacking the Anderson port? I'm not familiar with the context. Yep. Cheers, bro, from Nikki J. The report, so just to, in the context, these reviews from Sport New Zealand um, are, are not new. They, they, the, the people that get rich are the people that write them. Um, and they've been writing them for years. Rugby Union, what they just had nine. Cycling has them, you know, with the with the death of that young girl. Um, you've got rugby leagues had four hundred thousand of them. So the reviews aren't new, but they get names. All right, Sir John Anderson, he's a cricketer. He wrote this one back in two thousand and eight, and basically looked at the state of the game and and just to the the crux of this whole thing. And no one will ever say it was to take the power off Auckland Rugby League, who were basically running the game. And I've got to say, though, when you look back on it, they're actually doing a better job than they're doing today. Hmm. You know, NZR, the NZRL, they got all told to stand down by an independent board. They reappointed themselves, and then they said, you get rid of the New Zealand Rugby League board. And then what Sir John Anderson's report basically was, and it was a gun held to their head, said, if you do not make these changes, you'll get no funding from the government. Yep. And so what they did was they installed seven zones and they took all the mana off the district. So if you think about it from a rugby terms, Nikki, if you've got um, Hawke's Bay, so you've got Izzy's Hawke's Bay, you've got um, all the all the, no, the Northlands and all that sort of stuff, the Taranakis, Manawatus, all those, gone. Mm. Wiped out mm. overnight. Yep. And then they were inserted into a zone which no one has ever bought into, and it's basically killed our community game. And what's happened 
with the NRL. And Izzy brings up a really good point here. So, so over those 10-odd years, 10, 13-odd years, um, it's eroded community development. There's no money, less than 6% of any funding. So, so let's put that into perspective. If the NZRL's annual report is anywhere between 6 and $10 million a year, yep, over 13 years, that's, we're talking over $100 million. Yep, yep. yep. Less than 6% of that goes back to the community. So where's it going? Exactly. That's what you've got to look at. <laughs> wow. um, and what happens with the game is the community just dies. So what's happened with the NRL? It's gone and turned it into a beast. So now all around New Zealand, we play tournaments. Kenny Laban had a really good point the other day when he said, you know, that there's all your tournaments are gone from rugby union because mm. they're all playing rugby league. Because all the scouts, the 16 clubs are over here pillaging the ranks and just taking them over there. What happens with the likes of Kalins, um and those kids that go over there now? You know, So they, they're not meant to sign them until they're 15. They're taking them over there as 13, 14-year-olds. The rule for origin is if you you have to be there before you're 15 to be to – be, and the Aussies rewrite these. I was there the mm. day they rewrote that policy because mm. I said you can't keep picking our Kiwi kids. Yep. But they just keep changing the, – the Australians keep changing the landscape. They keep going, well – we're, we're, they don't want Origin to die. That's the why the international game doesn't succeed. Yeah, um, and they don't want the NRL franchises to to lack player depth. And that you know the Warriors, the NZRL, and the Auckland Rugby League. If those three could get in bed together, we'd have a we'd have a championship. Mm. But they they just you know as I said to Cam George a couple of weeks ago, are you getting on the NZRL? No, you know it's a it's a it's a bar, for me it's a basket case. And I just hope I've explained that to you, Nikki. It's just these reviews. You hear, if you you hear about another review, another report, red flag. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that right now. Bang, awesome, Kempi. Well, not well, not awesome at all. But that's why we're talking about it. So awesome explanation there. Uh, hopefully that settles it for you, Nikki J on double eight double three. In other news, boys, just quickly, Black Caps tonight taking on England nine thirty. The first ball. Very exciting news, and uh, we've got a very special someone, uh, someone you've worked quite closely with, Digger, over the last few weeks uh, up after this. But uh, there you go, boys, some headlines to get you through the morning. Do trades deserve special treatment at their local Kennards Hire branch? Absolutely. Kenos, they do. Dagger's good mate from the Sky Studio, Laura McGoldrick, coming up next. Don't go anywhere. It's Tradies Hour on Easy and Kempy for Breakfast. Warm up with a hell of a coffee from $4.50 from your local night and day. 16 away from 8, and right now we're going to talk cricket. The ODI Cricket World Cup is commencing tonight, live on Sky Sport and free to air on Sky Open from 9pm on uh, that is taking place tonight. And we're going to catch up with Laura McGoldrick, who had a big day yesterday wrangling kids at the zoo. I felt her pain the day before. She's got up nice and early for us. Laura Lozzie, good morning to you. Good morning, my love. Oh. Look at that zoo, eh? Why, thank you. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Morning, Kempe. How are you? <laughs> oh, good, Laura. Oh, mate, that zoo. Did you go to the zoo yesterday too, mate? I was there. <laughs> he was that gorilla. Oh, yeah. He was that gorilla yeah, <laughs> hanging in the I trees. Those <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lossie, come on. Come yeah, he's got something wrong with that trunk, I think. Lossie, <laughs> <laughs> Lossie, Lossie. Hold yourself, Kempe. Loz, look, uh, we appreciate you coming on. We're here, the cricket. World Cup, and in between breaks when we're covering the uh, the All Blacks, we tend to go off into the Cricket World Cup. It's on the front of our minds. We're here. We're finally here. What do you make of this uh, this opportunity to go one better? 
oh, look, I'm, after 2019, I'm always <laughs> looking for an opportunity to go one better. Um, but tonight is the opening matchup, and it is fittingly taking on New Zealand. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of cricket fans will have some thoughts and feelings about that, you know, kick off how it ended um, last time round. But I, I'm a big 50-over cricket girl. I love one-day cricket, so I'm really excited for this. It is a great event. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about the one-day game and if it still holds its place in the uh, in the cricket, in the international cricket schedule. Um, I hope it does, and I hope that this uh, this tournament shows everyone why. Loz, um, it's been an interesting build-up to this World Cup. Obviously, with Kane Williamson, Tim Southey, Michael Bracewell's injured, so there hasn't been really any continuity in, in selections or who maybe will be a part of this squad. What, what are you thinking tonight when the team's announced before they take up, take on England? Yeah, it's a funny old one. I mean, if I if I think back to 2019 and, and, and particularly 2015 at home um, when Mike Hesson was in charge, and I, I, I do a show on Sky called No Boundaries with Mike Hesson, and we talk a lot about, um, obviously, cricket. We don't talk too much about rugby on a show called No Boundaries. But um, <laughs> we, we, we've talked a lot about the difference between the setup and the build-up um, of personnel. Obviously, there has been some changes, quite a few changes in terms of senior players. In 2015, we were just so set in terms of a lineup. We knew that starting 11, we always did. Um, you know, um, so this is this is, feels very different. And India poses a very different uh, challenge, I guess, with the conditions that you know that are foreign. They're particularly foreign to a team like New Zealand, in, in terms of obviously really spin friendly. The heat is something this time of year that you always have to factor in because India is such a beautiful place. And there's other things as well, like in terms of a spectacle, India loves its cricket so much and they do such a gorgeous job of putting on events like this. It's going to be it's going to be a very, very intense atmosphere. There's one game that I think everyone has sort of got in their, in their cricketing schedule to watch, which is um, India taking on Pakistan. That will be a really big one. Crowd will be mm. full noise, like you won't believe it. Um, India is a special place, so there's, there's a lot of things to factor in. But in terms of the squad, I don't know what they're going to do tonight. I don't know. You've got um, <laughs> you, you've got people with injuries. You are you, have, you do have people nursing, nursing injuries. You've got young players. Do they get the balance right? There's a lot you have to factor in. With there's a lot of boys who are there for the very, very first time in a in a World Cup uh, capacity. So I. <laughs> It's going to be interesting, uh, that is for sure. <laughs> They're saying that you can lose maybe up to three games through these early rounds and still make the final. After England, we take on the Netherlands, Bangladesh and Afghani- uh, Afghanistan. Uh, you may say they're easier, but you really can't write anyone off, especially in these conditions, right? No, you did right, Kempi. And the thing is, particularly uh, for me, the big one will be Afghanistan because their bowling unit wins them games. Their batting unit's a little bit shaky, but their bowling unit is so strong, mm. and particularly in these conditions. And Afghanistan, um, yeah, they're, they're a team to re- to really watch. So no one's really an easy beat. There's teams that you expect to beat, but on their day, they could cause an upset. And uh, Afghanistan, for me, is, is the big team that could do that. Bangladesh. Yeah, they can push a team as well. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting one how you can play it. It's a very long tournament, you know. It's just shy of two months. Well, we saw, over two months now. You're just shy of two months. We saw what UAE were able to do, Lozzie. Was that quite surprising that they got the – we had a young squad, you know, over on that tour and they got the results. So are we expecting a competitive outing like that when you take on Afghanistan? Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I think that'll be a really competitive match. That UAE series, I think, shocked a few people. Mm. Um, 
and I think that maybe I mean I know, know you know they were they were very very close to losing that series and you don't want to be a black cap a part of a, a series like that where um, you know Afghanistan beat the Test playing nation for the first time that's not something that you want on your uh, on your resume when you finish playing the game I don't think so um, but in saying that it's fantastic for uh, UAE and that's the only way they're going to get better is by playing the big team so they will push play you know those teams particularly Afghanistan yes. Uh, will push push the big teams, and, and they are not easy beats. And they are playing in very spin-friendly conditions mm. uh, where they're playing over in India. Um, so <laughs> that will be another one you really want to uh, to watch for sure. That was the next question. Where do the priorities lie with this makeup of the squad? Will you prioritise spin over pace? Do you add a more, bit more depth in the batting? What would you do? I think that... I, oh, see the thing, yeah, I don't know, because I think that our, our bowling probably won us, uh, got us close to won us almost. Mm. Have lost don't yeah, do it, it. Lars. Um, oh, I can't go back, I can't, oh boy, here we go. Sprint training? Oh God. Um, <laughs> honestly, my husband, Laura, will you shut up? Um, yeah, so I think probably our bowling unit got us as far as it did in, in 2019. I think it will be, you know, the, the batting will be huge because... You know, in this first game, at least we don't have Kane Williamson, um, which you know, in terms of, of batting depth, we—I mm. mean, our opening partnership. We don't know. I'm not even sure anyone really knows what that's particularly going to look like tonight. So I think batting will be huge. Where you place everyone, yes, I think that it's going to have to be you know lean towards the you know the spinning options because of the conditions. But then sometimes if you get it right, like I think Tim Saudi will be really interesting in those conditions because of the heat and his ability to swing the ball. Mm. You've obviously got Trent Bolt that's coming back. He knows very well how to bowl. Uh, in these conditions, thanks to IPL, Lockie Ferguson, Matt Henry, who's done himself, you know, a lot of favours over the last couple of years in the one-day format. You know, there's a, there's a lot of experience in that bowling unit. So um, I would, I, I don't know. It's, you just got to get that balance right early on. England are by no means an easy bet. Our very own Bears has really helped them, um, which is big. We appreciate. Um, <laughs> no, we don't. So you know, they are. They are. <laughs> oh my God, it's amazing. Hey, eh? I always said watching and obviously I was in a privileged position my husband playing in the team when Bears was captain the most dangerous thing Bears could ever do for another player was make them believe in themselves yep. and he did that tenfold when he was in that unit and like even as someone like I, I work with him on the telly he'll make me think I can do my job better you know like, oh. and there were times there were times as when he was captaining New Zealand I'd be like you know maybe I could have a crack at this I think, I think he really believes in me here yeah? um you know because he, he's that kind of guy and I think that's what he's done in that England setup and He's very close to Owen Morgan, who's a former captain of the um, the England team. And in 2015, in that World Cup, obviously New Zealand led the way in terms of the way they went about their business. And England really picked up a bit of that blueprint um, from Mike Heston and Brendan McCullum. So there is a lot of we've got there's some Kiwi fingerprints all over this England setup, um, so which I don't, I don't love, but it, it will make for a very interesting um, match up tonight. That's for sure. Beautiful, Lars. I'm just going to leave you with this because I'm absolutely in awe of the work that you do. At first, I wasn't sure about Laura, but now, wow, I'm a true fan <laughs> of. Oh, hey, oh, this is a, this is someone sent through, but Mate. but wow, now I'm a true fan of hers, and I love her wit and humour and knowledge on all sports. There you go. I yeah. thought you. No. I came from you saying I wasn't no. sure about Laura. Oh, he doesn't say nice things like that. Oh, Laura, you know that. <laughs> oh, you know. You know I pump <laughs> your tyres up, mate. Oh, you the, you're, oh, you're no, the one that leads no, me, no. and I can't believe I'm trying to lead you in a, in a little interview here. But anyway, I did my best, and uh, you did an amazing <laughs> job, Loz. Thank you so much for joining oh, us. Appreciate it. And uh, uh, Thank you so much for having me. 
and we'll catch up soon. Enjoy the call without me tomorrow. I'll be there next weekend, all right? Thank you so much, Loz. I can't believe you're, you're, you're leaving me. But, you know, good on you, mate. Kempi, uh, you take care. I, I've, I've loved seeing you in the, in, the, in the weekend at the Waz. Yeah. Go the Waz, Laura. Good to see you. Go awesome. the Waz. There she is. Laura McGoldrick covering the ODI tonight, live on Sky Sport, 9pm. Stay tuned. Plenty more coming up. Yes, welcome back. Great to catch up with Laura McGoldrick. Uh, huge fan, huge fan of hers. I've been lucky enough to work with her during the All Blacks coverage. How oh, she's so so How much better. Is she? So much better on Sky TV than that last bloke that was on there. <laughs> <laughs> you going off the back fence again, Kimby? Oh, I, I tell you what, way better to listen to. I'm telling you, <laughs> I love it, Kimby. <laughs> Your passion coming <laughs> through. Everyone's, everyone's loved you off the back fence. We'll get to those after eight o'clock, but I'll leave you with this, Kimby. What about Stokes, eh, boys? Didn't like him four years ago in Cricket World Cup. Starting to like him less as a hoi haul. I didn't back him. I didn't back him, Brett. I'll tell you what, I was like, nah, you can't back him. So Bears rang me yesterday morning. He was he would have excited. Backed him. He was Punted. happy. Punted and then it. he rang me again after the race, and I've rung him back three times. He hasn't answered. <laughs> so uh, I think we all know what's, uh, what's in his mind. He's absolutely livid with Stokes. Three wide, apparently. Just park that. No, and his this will be his word. Park that, park that, we go again. We go again. You got out for a duck, we go again. Anyway, Chris Marsoy coming up. He's carrying with the news for Kubota together, shaping and building New Zealand. Yeah, on yes. fire, kid. You're on fire, mate. How, that's all, that must make you feel so, so good. good in the morning. Oh. So good. Yeah, so man. good. You can, you can be my DJ at my next party, kids. What about DJ Dagger? What's, what's happening to DJ Dagger? No, he's a, no, you can be the hype man. No, no. What's you know, you know when you walked into those nightclubs and they used to have those those podiums mm-hmm. and they had those dancers on and their, and their yeah. budgie smugglers? That's you, brother. And my budgie. Yeah, yeah. And nice. Because don't give up the dancing, mate. I'm actually busy that day, Kempi. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you what, I've never really been a dancer, Kempi. Mate, really... you would have been great. You would have been great as a dancer, I reckon. Walked okay. in, you would, that's called a hype dancer, eh? You know, Just a hype you, man. I, did you ever see that? Like in your time as a footballer when you'd walk into those European bars and the dancers would be up on podiums and they'd just hype, so the music would be gone and they'd just be dancing all the time. Yeah, I've seen them, yeah. yeah. Well, you think I could do that? Uh, mate, if you weren't an All Black, you'd definitely be one of them. Ah. <sighs> Is that a good career? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it's a long career because you're still doing it. <laughs> oh, maybe my knees would be okay. Worth to, worth to wait and see. How many you dance competitions did you win? Uh, not many, if any. Yeah, none. None? <laughs> <laughs> I never entered dance competitions. But, oh, you know, I like dancing in the mirror. And I like dancing in the shower. You love dancing in the studio. I love dancing in the shower. It's good vibes. I wonder here. how many people in the milk sheds dance. I reckon they all dance. Yep. Paul and Howard will be in the milk sheds. Yep. You the, dancing? Did the crew dance? With the gum Can't really dance these scenes in Kimby's voice. Well, you can. Because that's the kind of vibe we bring, isn't it? Yeah. 100%. Okay. Beautiful. There you go. We're just <laughs> gone off topic here, but that's right. Kimby's kicker. Make sure you send them through. We've had a few entrants so far. We'll pick two at the end of the show and uh, we'll hopefully get someone paid. But right now, it is time to chat to someone who can dance particularly with his hands. He's a boxer, he's a rugby player, he's all of above. And he's Chris Marsoi, who I bumped into yesterday at the traffic lights. He was on his phone, so he's just seen Anthony Tuitavaki, who was a police officer, and probably uh, would have got his ear chewed in too. So uh, Chris Marsoi's on the line. How you doing, brother? 
Morning, brother. Good hell are you, mate. And don't lie, please. I wasn't on my phone. You were on the phone, mate. I was telling Musa that to pull you over. <laughs> oh, mate. I got a hell of a hell of a surprise. I was sitting there uh, fiddling with the, the radio, and then I hear this this yell. Hey, I look over. It's Chris Marsoy at the at the traffic lights, mate. What are you up to? You know, um, I, was, I didn't want to disturb you because you're on the phone, mate. Your head was moving. I don't know what song you're listening to. You know, and yeah, but you know, we we up here for the you know school holiday and uh, come up here and catch up with a few of the boys that move over from France now to find their feet in New Zealand. And uh, it's good to see a few of the places yesterday. Beautiful, mate. It was, it was good to catch up with you. I think the last time. I've seen you and sprinkled out around the country, and I remember this this time, and I think it was 2007, and I was playing for New Zealand Sevens over at uh, in Dubai, and you're in the stands, mate. Tell us about your your time in the in the Sevens jersey, Commonwealth Games. Oh yeah, it's amazing. You know, if you've been there, you've done it. Um, you know, it's an awesome experience. You know, like you know, been representing New Zealand in 2002, and you know, learning from the from the master Rashi and that, you know, yourself. And, um, you know, it, it was quite good, you know, mm. some good memories that we're not going to talk about on the radio. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. You know, you you make some enemies and you make some friends and that's what rugby is all about. Hey, Chris, thanks for coming on. Izzy and Kibby for breakfast this morning. Mate, just what do you get up to? Like, do you head back when you get home? Do you go down to Taranaki? Um, have you signed it over yet? The Devon, is it yours? <laughs> G'day, brother. I haven't seen you down here. No. Lady, have you been visited to the, to the community or what? How oh, I, are can't, you? I can't wait to just get my um, my VIP tickets to the buffet and the and the uh, <laughs> the VIP suites at the Devon once you own it. Hey, you know that you always got one there when you're down here, brother. Um, <laughs> now we just um, we just back in the necky now, just help out the in-laws uh, hotel. You know, trying to learn hospitality. Uh, Easy knows all about because all my life was rugby and. Um, you know, it's good to have something different and, you know, do a little bit of coaching club down here to give it back to the community. And, yeah, it's it's a challenging one, but, you know, like I say, you and Izzy, mm. it's always a room at the Devon and, you know, you're more than welcome to bring the kids at the buffet too. <laughs> oh, bro, I absolutely <laughs> love that place. That buffet is outstanding and no doubt the AB boys will be there once there's a new test match uh, taking place in Taranaki. Tell us about your transition, Chris, out of rugby. Like, Was it was it a challenge for you? Yeah, it was, mate. Um, you know, um, fortunately, I was lucky enough, you know, straight from playing to being, being uh, racing, you know, the, the senior team, coaching their defence and things like that, but Fortunately, the pandemic hit, and uh, that's the reason we're here, Izzy. Mm. But like I say, you know, uh, thanks for that. You know, we got other things to do in life, and um, but it was tough, you know, a couple of months. But you know, we got the people, family that help us along, and you know, working at the hotel now to do a little bit of hospitality is is a little bit challenging. But you know, I'm enjoying it. And sometimes, you know, you got to take yourself mm. out of that comfort zone and. Trying to challenge yourself, and um, yeah, we're enjoying it. You know, three boys uh, once started school, local school, can be you know, at Okura, that's where we live. 
Yeah. Trying to learn how to surf out there, but you know, not many island boys can surf. You know, easy. <laughs> keep, keep, keep going. You'll you'll get it eventually, mate. You're in a beautiful spot down there in Taranaki too, underneath that moanga. Hey, Chris, there's a uh, there's a World Cup going on, and what do you make, mate, of the World Cup this year? You know, with all the the island participation, all the players going back, being able to play for uh, Tonga and Samoa. Um, and especially the All Blacks, the way they're travelling. Do you think they're travelling okay before they get to this game against Ireland? Yeah, I think they do. You know, um, like, and that's the beauty of um, you know releasing those guys that have the experience, the ex All Blacks, ex Wallabies, and to represent their own you know mm. identity. And it's good for the game, um, and that's what makes this Rugby World Cup interesting. Because you know, we never know who's going to win it. You know. Back in those, Izzy knows about it. It's always about All Blacks, Wallabies, mm. and South Africa. But uh, I know this one here, anyone can win it from one to six. Um, but you know, the, you know, it's a little bit of the country was a little bit worried a couple of weeks ago after this um, performance that the All Blacks boys, you know, the the boys put on the North last weekend, and you know the way they were playing. Well, hopefully, we, you know, I can trust the boys are heading in the right direction. And I'm sure, you know, Ireland and South Africa and uh, France will start looking in there, but and that's the thing we're we're looking at. You know, we don't want to speak too early. Mm. Um, you know, but I think the All Blacks are starting to to get their form, and hopefully they can put those together in the next uh, couple of weeks. Chris, obviously you're born in uh, Savai, Western Samoa. Would you have loved to have represented Samoa on the blue jersey? Yeah, we we do. Easy. Um, I remember when we left New Zealand, me and JC were the one we first approached the World Rugby about the, changing the law. And unfortunately, we we're getting old now. Easy. Mm. Um, <laughs> my mind my mind's telling me I can still run straight. Easy, but my body's in now, nah, mate. Can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we would love to because you know I grew up in Ireland. You know that, and we always want to give it back to the community and give it back to you know I uh, my roots and things like that. But you know, like I say, again, people saying that it's you know this rugby World Cup is good for the game, and they're seeing guys like Lila Fano, you know, uh, Sapuanga, and mm. you know, and not just the um, even the Tongan team and the Fijian boys, and you know, it's it's good for the game, and you know, those kids are so proud to represent their own, you know, their own islands. Yeah, listen, you listen, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Uh, we're talking to Chris Marceau, thanks to Tremaine's, apart from our more than just an athlete series. Chris, just talk a little bit about the community, um, what you're doing down in Taranaki, the coaching, and, of course, the hospitality gig, because the Devon isn't just a small hotel. It's used for infrastructure. Every time we're down home, the place is sold out. How's it all going, mate, making that transition into, I, I guess you'll one day be managing it in a tie, wouldn't you, and tying a, in a little <laughs> black penguin suit? <laughs> I don't think it's my father who trust me yet to run it out of Camden, but <laughs> I think yeah, he's laughing at the back. Tell Pete Tennant if he wants a manager to teach you, just get me down there. Oh, you and Izzy will be in the front list, if you want. Um, I'll, I'll probably put you and Izzy in the bar, run, it, run the bar. <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at at the moment, boys. I'm just behind the bar. No, it's been good, man. Uh, like I say, uh, you know Taranaki is a small community and Taranaki is all about people and um, can you tell that, you know, we're on the quarterfinal this weekend and fortunately I can't be there, I'm up in Auckland but, you know, the boys will do the job and, um, you know, like coming back to the community and, you know, coaching my old club, Mighty Inglewood, the friends, you know, like it's all about trying to give it back to, to the community and, you know, that, that's what it's all about and, um, 
you know, hotel-wise, is we've been busy and trying to learn off the, the father-in-law. Um, because all he does is 24-7 at computer, and I'm not good with computer. <laughs> who knows that? Uh, but what thing I'm good at, I'm good with people. Yeah. And uh, that that's what it's all about. You know, we, we learn something from rugby, and, you know, rugby's all about, you know, connections and all about getting on the same page and, you know, same as uh, hospitality, I you, guess. You're, you're behind the bar, and I can imagine you've got a million friends wanting free drinks, mate. Is that the case? Yeah, it's the case, and I can't be there anymore because JC normally gives us for free, not me. <laughs> uh, oh. But, you know, it's, it's good to see, you know, like, you know, when you see faces like you haven't seen it for a while, you know, in the rugby community and, you know, bouncing to each other. And, um, you know, that's that's what's the beauty about rugby, you know. Some, sometimes, you you know, we get a lot of knocks and be like, oh, bro, do you remember me? And I was like, oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, what, that's what rugby's all about. Beautiful. Let's talk about your boxing. Your boxing, obviously, you had a fight in 2022. Is that something you're, you're passionate about? You're keen to, keen to follow on? Yeah, you know, I grew up in a boxing, you know, easy. Uh, you know, the family, you know, the brother was the WBA. You're not throwing um, handbags again, are you? No, no, I can't. I wish, I wish they have a handbag, like, <laughs> fight show. I'll be in there, easy. Um, but, uh, no, nah, always something to, and then, you know, retire from rugby and, I don't know if you know easy, but you know sometimes it's hard to get motivate yourself to get up in the morning after all those eighteen, twenty years of getting up at six in the morning and training for something. You but saw now, me <laughs> yesterday, bro. I'm carrying a bit extra. <laughs> um, but uh, now boxing's always in my blood, and mm. you know trying to do something like that, and I really enjoy it. Um, but there was only one problem that the wife, she's the boss, she's not keen watching me get beating up. <clears throat> Uh, but yeah, it's, um, it's something you want to continue. But when the wife say no, that means no, Ozzy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chris, do you want to do you want to take the you know you're back down there at Inglewood? Do you want to take your coaching um, the, the the any further? Is that what is that what you're doing? Are you doing a little bit of of coaching down there? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, you know, like I say, I've been involved in racing setup, uh, took in the defence system, and then do a little bit of, at Carcassonne Second Division, just outside Toulouse. And um, yeah, well, but to find a contract there, and then pandemic, and then I've still got a lot of contact in France. You know, like I spent 12 years in France. Um, it becomes a second home, and uh, I really enjoyed it. You know, um, but you know, as always, we always have a contact with people in France that if you want me to come back to the game, uh, and that's the reason I took Inglewood. You know, try to stay in the game and trying to give it back, uh, pretty much. And you know, um, I learned a lot in France and. Become mature in France, like as you know, in New Zealand, you know, we're young and we're lucky we didn't have social media back in the days. Mm. Hey, easy. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's, um, that's how you think you go. You, you make mistake, mistake, you learn from it and mm. move forward. That's the second message I got back from us. What's your Hawks Bay boys been up to? Come on, bro. <laughs> Rookies. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little bit, you know, the story and thing, like, you know, what that uh, would mean to New Zealand rugby and to us too, you know, uh, to winning that is more winning than NPC and Super 12, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's been, uh, but, you know, um, hopefully it's not a sad story. Hopefully someone dropped it in a row and then uh, mm. a truck ran over. 
<laughs> yeah. Know, something like that. Yeah, we'll have to wait to see uh, what happens and what, what unfolds. I'm sure more is going to come out from this, Chris. Hey, Mus, we appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, we're going to get uh, Anthony Tuatavaki on uh, next week because he's got an awesome story. We're going to talk to him about joining the police force. And, and so I think you would have been a good policeman. No, nah, I don't think so. My old <laughs> uh, nah, I can't. I, you know, I'm trying to hold back the rugby style way of talking to people in the hospitality. You know, you know, when when you've done a mistake, either you tell them straight, but in the hospitality, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely, I won't be the police. Hey, 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 must. What, what's the what's the best advice Pete's given you? Your, your father or Pete Tennant? What's the best advice he's given you in the hospitality so far? So far. Oh, you know, the, you know, he's a good man, and uh, you know, he just told me just do the things that you know you you're good at, and just you know worry about what people's you know just do what's best for you, and just stick on your you know what you're good at, and you know just make sure you're happy. That's uh, that's best advice for father. You know, just make sure you and the family are happy, and you look after the family. Beautiful. Uh, it's a beautiful spot, brother. We appreciate you coming on the show. You got my number. If you're ever down in Christchurch, sing out. When you're back up in Auckland, give me a message and we'll, we'll catch up for a coffee. Love to love to see you, Mus. Hey, appreciate your time, thanks brother. To you too, man. Thanks for having me on the show, boys. All the best. See you, Mus. There he is. Chris Masui. Caring for our communities. Out of the gym and off the park. Working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than An Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. Brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. Absolutely love it, Kempe. This is probably my favourite part of the show. I don't know many of you out there will, will be intrigued about this because they always know the people in their chosen discipline, chosen sport. But I love myself getting an understanding of what they're doing post mm. their chosen sport. Yeah. You know, my soy's in the... The legendary Devon Hotel, where I've stayed plenty of time. I made my debut that week with Joe Rockathogo staying in Devon Hotel. He could he couldn't have been tied up with a better family, mm. better whanau, um from Taranaki, because Pete Tennant, who owns the Devon, who's his father-in-law, he married Pete's daughter, is married to um, a, a, a Yarrow from Yarrow's Bakery, uh, I'm pretty sure. So, you know, that industry down there in Taranaki, they've got that, that corner covered. Um, and Chris is learning from the best. If you haven't been to Taranaki, you don't know about the Devon Motel. Um, you've got to make a trip there because, if, especially if you're hungry, uh, they got this buffet there. Mm. It's, it's it's like you We're go not allowed in, in there. You know, no, exactly. But you go in there; it's always packed out. Pete puts on a, a good spread, um, and it's actually a really nice place to stay too. Yes. Um, right in the centre, right in the centre of town on Devon Street. So to hear Chris is actually getting into hospitality. Um, yeah, it's. It is all. It is actually really cool that Pete Tennant is um, giving the ropes to the reins to to Chris to learn because uh, that's been an iconic place down in Taranaki for years and and for it to continue to go for another another few decades be um, absolutely great, especially if Chris gets to run it. That's awesome, Kempi. You did right. Like transitioning is a scary aspect, and when you you know you've known one thing for a very long time, eighteen twenty years, like you alluded to. It could be a tra- uh, difficult transition, but mate, he's he's done well. He's in his chosen industry, which is obviously uh, hospitality, 
Man, he's doing a great job. Chuck him behind the bar. I'm sure Chuck the, him behind I'm the sure bar. the pundits will love it and go <laughs> in and they're telling a few yarns. So, he, he, he ain't a dummy, Pete, eh? He ain't a dummy. Right, where are you going to go, Chris? Behind the bar, boy. That's where all the punters are coming. They're coming to talk to you. Yeah. And they're going to be spending plenty of money. Definitely. Love catch out Chris Maher. So if you've missed it, you can head over to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on our app and get all our podcasts, particularly that was our more than an athlete, Chris Maher. So you're listening to Izzy Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse. The Real House of Fragrance. Now we're just going to tack back to Kempi's Off The Back Fence because we've had a lot of messages coming through in regards to that Kempi. Great Off The Back Fence. After seeing Samoa and Kiwi squad, prime example, Danny Levi went Kiwis, then yeah. played for Samoa at Rugby League World Cup. Now back in the Kiwis. I messaged my mate and said, is this, this ain't on. Put your balls in your hand and say where those balls belong because all this chopping and changing ain't the day. Ain't the tahi, which is ain't the one. No, and, and this is, you know, again, when you're looking through the structure of the International Federation, it's absolute joke um, where you've got players chopping and changing all the time. Like, And they're still talking about tears. Seriously, I reckon after after this uh, Pacific Cup, there won't be no tears because I think Samoa and Tonga are going to go okay. Um, just a little bit of an issue with that sort of retention of the Kiwi heart that I talk about. Like, once you select the play for the Kiwis, like, that's it. You know, you're you're a Kiwi. Yeah. Um, and this and the and the same goes for Tonga or Samoa. And once you're in that in that round where you can just go from wherever you want, well, come international time, there's three teams picking you. You know, and we've already been caught out. If you remember back in 2013, when David Kidwell had the Kiwi team, he names it, and on the Monday, half the team pulls out and goes and plays for, for um, other other countries. You know, and, and it's always going to be a problem. So uh, that's unfortunate. And you're dead right. Danny Levi's just just played for Samoa. Because it's Tier 2, he can go back up and play for Tier 1 team. Crazy. It's, it's confusing. It's so bad, Kempe. Let's put it bluntly. Kempe, will the competitiveness of International Rugby League be short-lived? Most of Tonga and Samoa's best are eligible due to heritage rather than birth. In a generation's time, many of the tier, their top candidates won't be eligible as their grandparents were New Zealand and Australian born. Cheers, Cess. Yeah, well, let's have a look at this as a, as a true Pacific Nations um, um, competition. New Zealand Māori should be playing. All right, so they've yep. got Tonga, Samoa, um, Australia, and New Zealand. Well, New Zealand Māori should be playing in this, you know, and that way it takes away the Tonga and Samoan heritage because they go and play for Tonga or Samoa. Mm. So, and, and instead of Australia, Pacific Cup, it should be the Indigenous side playing. Mm. But the international game tries to fix all these little things, which actually they just create create more problems. And what that, that text is asking, does it dilute um, the quality Going forward over years, well, it already has. Yeah. Look at Origin. You name you name the Origin teams and see if you can get your your tongue around some of those names. You know what I mean? Kafusi Fafita in the back row for for um, for Queensland. Just to say, there's just you know it's all over the place. And and like I said, it was a ticking bomb. It was always going to go off. Money's a major factor too, Kim. Well, there's no 000, money in sixty thousand dollars at Origin, and there's no money in the international rugby league, isn't there? No. Well. No, it's a... actually gone back. There was parity um, uh, in 2010. We got that back for the Kiwi boys. They were all on the same money, which was 10 grand a game. It's now gone right back because there's no money in the international game or in the New Zealand Rugby League, and they get next to nothing. So that's why kids are p- p- picking to play for Origin because they get, they get I think it's 20,000 bucks a game. 
Wow. I should be more than that, mate, the way that that coverage's been sold. Billions of dollars I'm hearing. But anyway, love it, Kempe. Great off-the-back fence. And keep that passion coming through on double eight double three. And also, it's never too late for Kempe's kicker. We're going to pick our Kempe's kicker's options at 8 40 so you've got to take 10 odd minutes to get that through. Two of you will be a part of this. So uh, stay tuned. TAB catch up with Paulie Moati. Here's Karen. Yes, I got Staffy in the house. Staffy, hey, how bro. you doing, brother? Just came in for a coffee with you, mate. Nice and early. Yeah, yeah, early. Couple of hours, in fact. Yeah, mate. Good time, eh? Lunchtime. You have your brekkie, have a coffee, free wrap from Dagger. Is <laughs> he bought me a wrap? Why you bought Kez a wrap? But he said, Staffy, you can have it. Good wrap too. I may have got on Kez's head. I'm sorry, kids. Izzy's for the last five days been telling me how nice my breasts are, apparently. Still, so. <laughs> no, I haven't. I've been nice. Speaking of not so nice, Paulie Mwari. Oh, you can talk to him. <laughs> Money Bet live in your favourite sports. Download the TAB app today. He sunk Stokes yesterday, so he'll be stoked. I, I had nothing to do with Stokes yesterday. Well done, Paulie. You <laughs> spoke about it. Hey? So you sunk it. Yeah. You guys didn't even talk to me yesterday. I had nothing to do with Stokes. Mm. Oh, that's right. We missed you. Yeah. We got too busy. That's Sorry. right. That's probably why. That's all on you guys. You had guys. another day off. You didn't give us any options. It <laughs> <laughs> no. was a bonus back race. I know, mate. I, I know. I, I didn't have a bet. I didn't have a bet. So I'm saving it up for, for this weekend. Big races coming up. We've got Woodville today, but Matamata Mata on the weekend for the Matamata Cup. Legato, can anyone beat it? Um, well, punters, yeah, yeah, they, yes. Uh, if the money is anything to go by, then yes. Mm. Um, look, Legato, she's not without um, her fans, and they have uh, backed her. Look, at um she's very, very short. Um, and there's some very, very good um, ponies in behind her. La Creek uh, has been one that's been backed. Uh, what she She's $6, the second line of betting. Um, I don't know, 60 kilos, though. That's a lot of that's weight. It's a big weight, big weight to carry around. Um, the Lance Noble train, Aquacade, has seen uh, a bit of interest as well to be ridden by Warren Kennedy. Um, currently $8.50, but I, I thought I'd have a look at uh, today's Woodville meeting because there's a, um, a fully going round in race six fashion icon uh, who is currently oh, no. $81 in the 1,000 guineas futures market. Um, and she's been back in race six today, the Super Liquor Woodville and Danny Vick maiden three-year-old, 1,200 metres. Um We've had a thousand dollar bet at four dollars, another thousand dollar bet at four dollars, and then a thousand dollar bet at three eighty. So she's been the best backed on the card today. Fashion icon, the Peter Didham trained uh, filly. So can you hear yeah, the sign? Can of- you hear the sign, Paulie? Can you hear the sign? Like we gave that out this morning, and you've just gone and stopped it. Yeah, you've ruined it. And I, I need Look, you to write a letter of apology <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> All the connections, please. She's four fifty into two forty. So, um, look, she's been very well backed. Um, I think she's been um, scratched a number of times. Um, I'll probably scratch her the again past, <laughs> the past couple of weeks, and I'm guessing because of the tracks. But I think they're running out of time before the thousand guineas. So I think they just 
but just have to bite the bullet and, and send her around today at Woodville. So, yeah, she's the best back on the card. Fashion icon, 450 into 240. Uh, I'm just having a look at a couple of other things. Race of course, six. Tonight. Race six. Yep. Race six. Yes. Just have a look at horse yep. number one and just say its name to me, Paulie. And someone's come through and said, surely give Izzy a boosted odds on race six, number one. Alma, Alma Lane? No. Oh, race five, sorry. Race five, sorry. Oh, oh. where are we? Race five, number one. Izzy, my dad. <laughs> I'm your dad, Paulie. Give me some boosted odds. <laughs> oh, Jesus, he was dead. Fair dinkum. They're all over Carnaby. Fair uh, So, yeah, 250 into 230. Um, has been very well backed in race five, the um, steeplechase over 4,000 metres. The Kevin Myers trained um, gelding. Carnaby, number two, 250 into 230. Um, but it's Cricket World Cup time, mm. and tonight... The tournament starts. England are a dollar forty-eight. Um, the Black Caps two sixty. They've come in from two seventy into two sixty. The Black Caps. They've been very well backed by punters. Um, there are a number of uh, power plays as well for uh, punters to get stuck into. I can tell you the one that has really um, taken punters' eyes is oh gee, where is it? I was just looking at it just before. Uh, New Zealand to win and both teams to score 300 or more runs. That's paying $12. That's been um, fairly popular with punters there. And, of course, we've got a same-game multi uh, on that um, cricket match. So if you're a cricket fan and you like your same-game multis, um, you can uh, get stuck into those same-game multis. And we've got a same-game claim uh, promotion on that match as well. So um, plenty of things happening in the cricket world um, from tonight onwards. Um, and, of course, the Rugby World Cup, All Blacks, minus 69.5 against Uruguay. Punters are telling us that's not enough. They're getting as much as they can on the All Blacks, minus 69.5. Once again, the power plays have been very well back there. Um, They do like the look of Cam Roygaard to do. He's the best backed in the anytime try scorer market. He's $1.50 to score a try. Uh, in that match against Uruguay, he's been the best back player in that market. So he's very, very popular with punters at the moment. And, of course, the uh, New Zealand Breakers uh, taking on the Brisbane Bullets. Aaron Baines and the Brisbane Bullets. Uh, both teams picked up wins in round one. Uh, the Breakers are back here at home. They're $1.34. The Bullets are $3.05. The Breakers, six-and-a-half-point favourites. And they're another team that's seen a bit of action come their way that match due to tip off at around 7.30 tonight. Well, that's Paulie Mawadi. If you've missed all that, just head to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Go to our potties and you can listen back to all those ones you don't want to back today. Um, so watch and bet live on your favourite sports and racing at tab.co.nz. Please gamble responsibly. R18. We love you, Paulie. Um, and we've got obviously got Kempi's kicker today. We want to get him paid. Uh, that's can com- we have a hundy? That's coming up. It's already in the account. <laughs> He's got no problem asking. Is he? Is he my dad? Is he my dad? I can't wait for that. Come uh, on, my that dad. Boosted odds to come through, Paulie. Thanks a lot for joining us it's this morning. Stinge. All good, boys. All right. Coming up after the break, we're just going to go and have a look at Kempi's kicker and pick who's going to get paid this weekend. Yes, welcome back. We're 15, 14, in fact, away. Oh, 13 now, away from nine, and we're going to catch up with Dan McCarty shortly. Uh, just quickly. Um, 
there's been uh, still a lot of frustration around the Hawks Bay situation. Uh, I just saw Steve Lancaster outside, and uh, there's still plenty to go on. I'm sure it's all going to unfold. I know everyone wants to know now, exactly now, and we'll get to the bottom of this, but uh, these things take time, and I'm sure we all know a lot of information. Well, I want to know, like you all out there want to know exactly what's going on. Um, and I'm sure, in fact, everyone's bringing up drugs and drug testing, that the players would have 100% been tested Monday when they went into to the camp. So uh, we always have to wait to see it all unfold. But right now it's for Kempi's kicker time. And Kempi, who are you taking on your journey to nowhere? Yeah, well, we're, going, we're, hitting, the, we're hitting the heavens, me and Rick. We're going to go uh, crickets chirping, race three at Harwater. It's paying $3.60. Thanks a lot. There's lots of good bets about the cricket Obviously, the rugby, hat tricks, all that sort of stuff, and lots of uh, racing as well. But I think that's not a bad bet. $3.60, carrying 55 down in Harwood. Pignan is the horse for Lisa Ladders, the one to beat. But uh, Cricket's chirping under Alan Sharrick on his, uh, well, not his home track, but just down the road, I think it gets the job done. Beautiful, Kempe. Well, I'm going to jump with Troy Lambley from Whanganui. We're going to go Trent Bolt to take three-plus wickets. Is paying boosted odds of $5.50. Get on. Izzy, well, i got to mention someone. What? Trent Bolt, three plus wickets and New Zealand win, five fifty. Does that change anything? Yeah. That's what the bet is. Yeah, that changes a lot. That changes a hell of a lot. We're going to go off Ryan then. Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Troy, I'll just dump that for you, brother. We're, tro- we're dropping you from the clouds, oh, Troy. Oh, Troy, Troy, you left a little bit of gravy out. Uh, we'll, go with, we'll go with Ryan. Black Caps to beat England, $2.60. There you go. There you go. There you go. So, so there you go. let me get this straight. You thought Trent Bolt was going to take three wickets. Yeah. But New Zealand winning made you go oh, away yeah, from the Oh, yeah, that doesn't bear. make sense, eh? <laughs> and now you've gone for New Zealand winning. <laughs> it's, it's, he's on one today, boys. Uh, no, nah, we'll go Troy Lambley then. <laughs> oh, sorry, Ryan. I'll dump that for you, Ryan. Who, who did we just throw out of heaven again? <laughs> Hang on, I'll throw the fishing line out. Hold on, Troy, we're coming back. <laughs> Imagine making someone's week to ruin it, not even a minute later. Oh, Ryan, sorry, bro, you're gone. Yeah, Troy Lambley, you're Ryan. Ryan. Better odds, swim. mate. Better odds. <laughs> Trent Bolt, three plus wickets. Robbie? I need to have word to you after this. All right. Don't ever come on there and embar- embarrass me like that. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> love it. I absolutely love it. Oh, my. Oh, let's get around the grounds, see if I can make some sense of this. Yep. Around the grounds. Victor on gas, easy nine kilogram bottle swap for convenience. Kids, do you want to run us through it? Yeah, go on, boys. I just thought while we've got Dagger here, you know, all, all our rugby expertise go out the window <laughs> tomorrow when I take over. So I thought we'd just go around the grounds. <laughs> Quick fire, boys, from each of you. The order will be Izzy and then Kempi. So I'm going to ask you a game, and all I want is the winner. So one word answers, please. Italy v France. France. Francais. Wales v Georgia. Wales. England, yep. Samoa. England. Yeah, the Queen. King. Oh, he's a king now, that's right. <laughs> Is he? It's 2023, you never know. He could be feeling some time. Ireland v Scotland. Ireland. Connor Ireland. Scotland 21 plus. Oh, and then to round us out, boys, the toughest one of the weekend to pick. The first time ever, the All Blacks taking on Uruguay. Oh, Regaining your Kiwi. This is a tough one. This is a tough Retaining one. it. I'm going to go All Blacks. Fair enough. <laughs> there you go. I, was, I was actually getting a bit worried there. Are we putting Izzy's hair on the line uh, again for this one, are we? If they lose to Uruguay, 
I will shave my head and I will... What else can I do? Well, how about... I will, how pierce, about? I will pierce my nose, okay? Yeah. How, well, how about, instead of the two for one, we do if the All Blacks don't win by X amount? Nah, get out of here. I want something to happen. <laughs> we can't, okay, fine, boys. If, um, if Usain Bolt shows up in the ECNZ studio today and uh, does a 100-metre sprint, I will uh, separate my torso from my legs. How about that bit, Dagger? That's just what happens if you okay? What happens if he called Hammy? Because Dagger, I really want to see. I want to see this happen. I want to see Kempi shave your head. I don't want to. So (laughs) I I knew the Hawks. I knew the All Blacks would be. Italy, and you know what? No funny thing. Well, Jordan messaged me afterwards. He said, "Ah, your hair's safe, isn't it?" So they all knew that I put my hair on the line for you. So they said, "Lucky, because your hair's saved." And well, my nose and my hair. If Uruguay won. They can shave my. You can shave my head. You can pierce my nose and yep. my ears. Yep, that's all right. And uh, that's a great little multi that you put in there too. Kids, France, Wales, England, Ireland into the All Blacks. Um, as he keeps his hair. Discover the convenience of Victor on gas. Quick, safe nine kilogram bottle swaps available nationwide at trusted retailers. That's your extended. Um, multi that you're going to be putting on there for around the grounds. Uh, yeah, Izzy, you just go away. You get up there to Sky City. I'll tell you what, and I'll come up there and watch the kids, and you jump off it. Because <laughs> you need to jump off <laughs> something today. <laughs> You've got way too much energy and testosterone running around in that big body of yours. Oh, Kippy. Kippy's on tomorrow. Stay tuned. It's going to be a hell of a... <laughs> Yes, it's nearly 8.58, and you listen to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. We had a big show today. Nigel Walsh, the coach of South Canterbury, has been on uh, with Laura McGoldrick as well, who's been talking some cricket, and, of course, Chris Marceau talking about hospitality and his return back to the Taranaki community down there at the Devon Motor Lodge with the great uh, ex-Mayor Peter Tennant. Good man, Pete Tennant, uh, if you know him. And uh, if he's listening this morning, hey, Pete, and hope you're going well uh, down there. Yes, uh, go to the podcast on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. If you missed any of the show, you can listen back there. Um, also, Kempe's kicker today. We've got uh, plenty on that, so hopefully we have uh, some wins over the weekend and get someone paid. But right now, it's time to catch up with Snakey down in Wellington, who's following in with Smithy. Snakey, how are you going this morning? Yeah, good, thanks, Kempe. Busy show you've had. We've got equally the same. Patrick McKendry from TVNZ to talk Rugby World Cup. We will have Frankie Mackay, the former White Fern, of course, talk about the start of the uh, men's one-day World Cup. Uh, all the uh, other regular features, including some talkback, will try and pick a team maybe for the opening game of the World Cup. But how's this, Kempe? How's this? Our dear friend Justin Marshall, who provided expert analysis for SCNZ in the opening two All Blacks games in France, uh, is working for Supersport in South Africa, and he's dropped quite the nugget. How's this? According to the former All Blacks halfback, Marshall, uh, he said that Scott Razor-Robinson is not welcome at games. The All Blacks are playing in France. They feel, and this is a direct quote from... Marshall, they feel he's too big a distraction to the current players. Oh. And all of a sudden, they might want to chat to him and might want to impress him. So oh. Ian Foster said to him, he's not allowed at All Blacks games. Well, that's a story in, in itself. You'd think that he'd be welcome in there with open arms. Um, do you think 69 and a, and a half's enough points? Start? Ooh, uh, I, I don't know. Uruguay have impressed, but this is their first game against the All Blacks, and who knows what their state of mind is. But uh, is there an adult in the room at the All Blacks? Is there an adult? Is there an adult in the room? <laughs> I'll tell is you, there one, Kempe? I'll tell you what, there's an adult finally filling in for Smithy and you're coming up next. So make sure you tune in. That's our show for today on Bricky. Izzy's gone to get the kids and I'm just about to go and join him. See you later.